millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You ever try talking to her? It's impossible. Well, you just have to try to strike up a conversation. Hi, how you doing? That's a nice bike. I mean, if you're going to learn to swim, you just got to jump in the water. I guess. Jack, I've got a gun. This is Film Sack. <laughs> oh, sure. Greetings and welcome to Film Sack. This is Film Sack. For a date, we won't tell you because we're doing this weird. Uh, we're mining films. We're mining films for all. Twenty twenty two since two thousand and nine. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. There's no way they named the doctor something like Faraday, right? Oh, never mind. They totally did Dunaway. Yeah, Doctor Johnny Fever is more like it. Oh hi. Hi. This week on Film Sack, we fall in a crevasse, get abducted by an alien, and navigate our way back to the mid-80s in our faster-than-light liquid mercury-shaped paging Mr. Herman, Mr. Herman's <laughs> spaceship being chased by Dr. Johnny Fever, where we try to get into our 12-year-old mindsets and enjoy the classic Disney family movie and go! All right, there. In fact, it's like I never grew up at all. Oh, and here comes the cute neighbor girl, Yennefer, who lives down the street. You know what? I think I'm going to use that pickup line my dad taught me, combined with a little of my own 10% up here of my 12-year-old brain. Wish me luck. Oh, hi. How you doing? That's a nice bike. And I see you got the one with the banana seat. Man, that looks way more comfy, comfy than my taint splitter that I ride. <laughs> Speaking of comfy, let me tell you about the 10-foot sliding banana peel of death I stole from Billy Johnson that I keep in the hill in the backyard that my dad hooks his pipe up every summer. Yeah, for me and my brother Jeff to enjoy. Yeah, okay, I'll see you later then. Yeah, through my $30 JCPenney Mobile 203040 X telescope that is good for only one thing, embarrassing me in front of my dad. Oh, shit. Do I have daddy issues? Let's go test that theory. I'm going to go hug the whole family on our boat, including the sucks at Frisbee dog, but not dad. He can go hug himself. Yep, there it is. I'm 12 all over again. Randy, Big Mac, large fries to Coke. Those are still around, I hope. Yeah, they are. Some variation of those are still around. Yeah. That was very good. 
I'm, mm. I'm really glad you brought up that telescope moment because why would you be embarrassed? Yeah. You're looking through a telescope. It's no big deal. Nobody that, knows you're that telescope. At. Yeah, when you got that telescope, they knew he wasn't looking. You can't mm. see no stars with that thing. <laughs> nope. nope. Looking for you can't boobies. even hardly see the moon in that thing. That's what are you right. talking about? That's right. You can see girls. Oh. You can see the girls. All right. Well, speaking of which, not really. I don't know why I said it that way. Uh, also with us, Randy. Hell, I'd love it if Lambert from Alien was my mom, too. Ibit or jo- Jordan. Hello. 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 Scott, Brian. Brian. It's been a week. Thanks for coming. It's good to see you all. Welcome to the 33rd Annual American Symposium on Imprisoning Children Who Have Suffered a Supernatural Event. Oh, Whether they fell through a local wormhole or got abducted by time-traveling aliens. These children present a unique opportunity to the children imprisoning community, and we're here to help you refine your best practices and lower those escape rates. We believe that one day we can find out what happens if a precocious child is imprisoned and they don't escape. And we're only going to make that happen by following these three easy rules. Number one, Remember, when you're examining the child with some magical mind-reading software, you don't have to position the child so that he can see the supercomputer-powered outputs on the screen. Number two, (laughs) there's really no point in hiring guards who want to play gin rummy all day rather than keep an eye on the imprisoned child. Your only real liability is opening the door to take the child food. So consider putting the guards on door duty and get rid of any 19-year-old women who might be strangely attracted to 12-year-old boys. (laughs) Number three, and this is huge. Stop providing child-sized robot Uber cars to imprison children. They're just going to slip inside those things and escape. Round, round, around. Kids get around, yeah. Come, especially r- robots. Uh, ch- child sized? Dr. Johnny Fever, don't tell me to chill out. You need to step it up. Yeah, he does. It's Johnny Fever. He needs to always be stepping Ralph it up. Johnny Fever. He should be in mid stepping it up every moment of his day. Uh, except his beard's gone and now his power is diminished. All right, moving on. Aww. With us finally, Brian, your ship looks like a fancy adult toy ibbit. Or a big walnut. Hey, all right, listen up, maggots. Oh, sorry, I had to clear my throat there. I'm Sergeant Phil McDoy, and I'm going to be your direct line of command here at the Security Center of NASA. Being a security guard at NASA is no walk in the park, ladies and gentlemen, and it's up to me to ensure that you're trained to the best of your ability to defend our country's National Astronaut Star Association. Nope, I'll come back to that later. Anyway, you might be noticing a large wheeled box running around among you. That's Ralph, our robotic mm. assistant labor facilitator. Yeah, we kind of blew our load with the NASA acronym and had nothing left for anything else. Ralph is an automated food and mail delivery vehicle, and he's also going to be your commanding officer. You see, it's Ralph's job as a glorified big track to move completely unmonitored around the NASA base. Stay out of his way. I don't care if your drug bomb or child sniffing dog is going crazy when you walk by Ralph, you leave him alone. Disregard the fact that Ralph's cargo space is large enough to hold an 11-year-old boy, 16 cheese sandwiches, a Transformer, Secticon, <laughs> Shrapnel action figure, and a box of Tartan Tinies. You never look inside. The only person here who's authorized to look inside Ralph is a teenage girl we found wandering around the Galleria Mall next to the Orange Julius. Dismissed! North American science astronomers. Nope, that's not it. No, that's not it. 
big track, man. Yeah. You're really, you're big really, track. Yeah. You're really uh, summoning the '70s, there, aren't you? Good job. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. I think that was an '80s thing. The big track was it? It came out late '70s, early '80s. It was definitely a holdout over from the '70s sci-fi, though. Yeah, it totally was a carryover, baby. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you did none of that sounded familiar, that's okay. We'll tell you the name. It's Flight of the Navigator, 1986's family film deal. A lot of people have a lot of fond feelings for this. Uh, <laughs> Me, of course they do. Brian Dunaway. Me. I was in high school when this movie came yeah. out, and uh, yeah. I looked like the brother, the older, when, the older version of the brother. That was kind of right. our our whole mm. jam, and I said rad a lot. Still do. <laughs> um, and, uh, so in a way, in a weird way, you'd think, Hey, Scott, this movie is one of those that you should really be fond of. I think it was like, you had to be like 10 or 12. You had to be done away. I know. I, I think that's yeah, a I question. Was, like yeah, we need to answer I, that question right off the top of the show. Like who's, who's seen this before? Because I, oh, I this was my first time viewing flight of the navigator. Oh man. A this million is, times. Probably third, a million times third or fourth, maybe something like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's so, not, but I, but I'm kind of, I'm with you in that it didn't, it was, it just wasn't on my radar the way it, I think it is for a yeah. slightly yeah. younger group. And, yeah, and I it's okay. I'm just going to represent the younger generation here. You so. might have to. Yeah. <laughs> so this was so this was um, one of the the Disney movies. This was so there was a time in the late 1980s when if you were watching movies, you were either going to theaters and you were kids. So like there were second run theaters. You were trying to you're trying to go see a movie for a dollar basically, and or you were going to a mom and pop VHS store blockbuster didn't really exist yet. And you were getting, you were getting one of the Disney movies that they had. And every, every <laughs> the bell rang. sorry, the bell rang. What was that? Everything. Okay. Done away. Was that you? What was that, that wasn't me. I loved it though. I thought it was Randy. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Randy. Oh, it was Go ahead. <laughs> um, one, uh, that's where, so, so there's a fifth, uh, line just hacked into our, Call. Spike Jones joining us oh, on line yeah. five here. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. So, so you went to the freaking mom and pop video store and they had a wall of some Disney movies and they, uh, there weren't all the Disney movies is what I'm saying. There were some there and everyone had flight of the navigator. They all had multiple yeah. copies. You were a little kid. You were working your way through. You're going to watch this movie. And back then when you rented a movie, you watched it over and over and over. <laughs> You'd like yeah. take it home. Yeah. And then you like, they had you two kinds of rentals, seven day rentals and weekend rentals. And like, if you only got a weekend rental, cause your parents were cheap, you're going to watch that thing 17 times over this weekend. Oh, and yeah. you had to return it. You had to return it by Monday at five. Yeah. And if that you were, ridiculous. if you were lucky enough to, I've told you guys on the show before about my prison warden's son uh, in junior high who could get VHS tapes like on the loose, like he could get all sorts of bootleg stuff. It's back when you had to pay like 89 bucks for Star Wars or something. Yeah. And so he would, we would bring, you rented, we'd bring these home. They were already recorded on the lower quality speed so you could fit more on there. Yeah. Um, and then we would do like Randy did, except it's worse because at least with a rental, you do have to take it back with these. You would just, (laughs) Watch, 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 watch. And by the time you were done with that tape, if you tried to watch it, it was just, you know, it was a potato. It was t- horrible. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so like, let's just, I just want you to put your, put yourself in 1989. Imagine being a little kid and going with your parents to rent movies and you've seen all the Disney movies they've got. You got to pick one to watch that you've seen before. This one might be that it might be that you pick flight of the navigator because it's great. Like at that, for, for that time now, now watching it now, now that I've seen 
Pee Wee's Playhouse and stuff. Watching it now, <laughs> a totally different story. But at the time, I just want you to know, like this was right up there with ET. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not comparing the movies like critically. I'm saying for a kid for, going there, to rent a movie, mm-hmm, this gotcha. was right up there. Well, this for, was, okay, so I think we can relate to that because I would actually argue, and Ibit, tell me if I'm wrong, but you and I are almost exactly the same age, and I think E.T. was that impactful coming-of-age mm-hmm. kid oh, story sure. thing. And I think uh, this is just that, but shifted a few years up. Now, you can make all kinds of arguments about how this is nowhere near the quality of a Spielberg film, or this is nowhere near as as classic, or doesn't you know doesn't hold up as well, or you can just make a million arguments and really pick it apart. But as a landmark moment for kids in movies, I could mm-hmm. see this being a big deal to a whole bunch of people. Yeah. I could see well, and also, also, there's a thing where... Every movie seemed like every movie directed at you when you were this this little kid and and let's be clear this little boy these are boy movies directed at boys oh, yeah. and every movie every movie like this seemed like it had a bunch of little hand puppets that you were supposed to fall in love with because they're cute and you want to and and it's like so this was like right in the center of that you know this movie mm-hmm. this movie had all it ticked all the boxes you know yeah and like and like what? i don't remember i don't remember ever knowing the story of the movie right seriously like and it doesn't really have a story come to find out yeah all these <laughs> years not, later it's a little it's right, a little, yeah. little all over the place i don't yeah right and i don't think this is like uh, <laughs> i i would say this is a yeah. okay so I'm, I'm the middle child here i saw this at the theater 86 um, and I did watch it later. I was prob I was 13 when I saw it. So, you know, it was right on the cusp of, eh, you know, and I was, I was a huge fan of ET. So I did feel like this was kind of a little bit of a cheaper ripoff of ET, but I also loved explorers and I loved any sci-fi movie. And so this really hit home with me. And the fact that it had Paul Rubens, PB Herman in there, it, it really was hitting above us. Oh, that's funny you bring opinion. that up because I, I think this is worth bringing up. Paul Rubens, of course, the voice of the robot, for those who don't know, yeah. the, the ship mm-hmm. itself. And um, you don't really notice it at first. It's later when he starts laughing. You're oh, okay, there's there's your Paul Rubens. He went full on Pee Wee. Which is funny because Pee Wee's Big Adventure was 85 just the year previous. I don't feel like it had had enough time to fully memeify before we would no. recognize that laugh for oh, what it for was. Sure. Right. I, I am certain I'm okay. I'm certain I'm guessing because based <laughs> on faulty memories mm. that Pee Wee really peaks in the mid nineties. There's almost a, there's almost like a watching it in retrospect, like a bunch of college students watching Pee Wee Herman. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, sure. that's just my, my faulty no, memory. I, once yeah, again, there, I was good. Sorry, oh, I was gonna say, but there was there was Pee Wee before Pee Wee's um, yes. big adventure. There was a I, there was this video that got circulated around, and I watched it on a local public access television show, and it was it was Paul Rubens doing the Pee Wee thing in a comedy theater, um, but it was an hour long. He pulled a woman, uh, he pulled uh, what's her face up on stage. Um, who was in Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure and on the, or no, she was just on Pee Wee's Playhouse, but did the whole shoe mirrors thing. We're looking up yeah. her dress with little mirrors on his shoes. And it was a lot more, it was Adult-ish. a lot racier. It was a lot of yeah. more adult. Yeah, exactly. That's it, it right there. Of- you just found it. Yeah, Scott, the yeah, Pee Wee Herman Pee-wee. show, which I guess was 81. Yeah. So yeah, he'd been doing this for, yeah. for so a while. So Pee Wee's Playhouse, yeah. first episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse, which is where I come in. 
okay. is uh, September 1986. Later that year, right. after Fly the Navigator. Yeah, after, after Flight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but also, see... it's sandwiched, because you got this in between, you know, the Pee-wee's Big Adventure movie. Right. Which was a hit, you know, it was a big deal. And then I that, loved it. And then that, that show. Too. So it's just to me, it's just so weird. I tried to keep putting my head in the in the era and going, all right, well, how would this have sounded then? Would I have said, oh, here we go with the peewee voice? Probably not. I probably would have just thought, oh, oh the computer's gone mad and lost its mind. And, you know, I don't right, know. That's the thing. I'm absolutely certain. I never put the two together. I'm, I'm certain. I saw this movie. <laughs> right. 50 times as a little kid, and I never once thought, oh, that's the same person as Pee Wee Herman. Like, I might have actually thought, oh, wow, they're doing a Pee Wee Herman impersonation because they know that will suit the child. I never, it would have never occurred to me that it's literally Pee Wee Herman. Mm. Do you guys know that? I'm sorry. Did you know that the creator or the Pee Wee Herman character was co-created by Phil Hartman? I did not know that. Oh, I didn't uh, know that either. No, I I they were they were uh, they were part of that comedy Workshop group, it. the Foundlings, or the what are they called? The Foundlings. The Groundlings. Groundlings. The Groundlings. There you <laughs> the go. Foundlings. Uh, the Groundlings in L.A. and they worked together there, and I guess that's where they came up with it. Because it says character conceived by, let's see, writing credits uh, written and conceived by Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman. That's crazy. crazy that right? is wow. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. What a what a very what a very narrow. Uh, uh, group of audience that, that this this film was aiming at because i mean just this between us four we have just you guys where it's a couple years older more like two or three years older than me and then randy's like maybe a couple years younger than me and so we had totally different experiences and we're only like you know, maybe six years from top to bottom in our mm-hmm. age groups mm-hmm. yeah something like that yeah totally and, different experiences yep and i think that's still the case i i'm pretty sure that even nowadays, or if you go back in, in time, like 70 years or something, that that six to eight years is enough that children's programming Teenager. especially mm-hmm. comes yeah. and goes, like completely mm-hmm. goes. I think you're right. Uh, don't you think that's because part, partly because kids uh, – It's such a, it's puberty. A, yeah, but it's also such a hyper – uh, sped up process in their younger development years. So you go from like, let's say eight to, to 12, it's not that many years. It's like kind of nothing. It's yeah. a drop in the bucket for us, but for yeah. them, it's kind of everything. So they could start with say, I don't know, um, like a Pixar movie that they just fell in love with. Let's say it's toy story three, just to irritate Dunaway. Okay. Let's say it's that they love toy story three. <laughs> Or four. Is it four? No, it's four. Yeah, four they love. Four, anyway, yeah. that's the one they grow up with, and they just, oh, yeah, my my childhood, my childhood. And then they turn 12, and they think they're too cool for school, and they're no longer, yeah. like, you yeah. know, bragging about Toy Story or buying Woody toys. They've moved right. on to whatever else, you know, some other the, edgy thing. The, the direct example, my you know, my kid, when he was four and five, had cars, everything. Cars, mm-hmm. bed sheets, mm-hmm. cars, clothing. Uh, you know, uh, Lightning McQueen was like, you know, in all, all of his life. And I'm, I'm sure that six years later, uh, kids weren't even looking at cars, like cars had mm-hmm. gotten vanished, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's that, what, that's what happened here. By the way, Randy, back, back to the thing Randy was saying earlier about this is a dude, a dude film. I disagree entirely. Now there was, there was a movie called Explorers that was a lot of dude jokes. This was more of a 12 year old. We didn't even really explore you know, like 
you know, his creepiness of spying on the girl. He just has a small crush. Right. We never even revisited. Uh, we never saw her again. again. I think this is probably enjoyed by all sexes. No, no, I, I don't I, think enjoyed this was... by sure, but directed at, like shot right into the face I, of. Mm, there was a I time, and we, mm. we, we, we may be completely past that time now, but I'm telling you, when I was 12, there were boy movies and there were girl movies. And, you know, like your little stupid little friends were highly discouraging you I, from going and seeing any girl movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, maybe I had, I had a bunch of that Maybe I had different up. friends than you. I had a mix <laughs> of friends and we were like, you know, I went with girls to see movies and vice versa. There was I don't, no, I don't you know, think he's saying I that well, my I, girl. I think that part of the problem is that's all there was. And so yeah. for example, growing up, I'm, I'm, I'm hard to think of a movie in the eighties anyway, nineties started to shake up things a little bit, but in the eighties right. where there was a, the central character was a coming of age girl. It's the always a boy. And the reason, the reason <laughs> that is there, like, again, right, right. It's right in my I, wheelhouse. Not, like, not Disney princesses. Mermaid, love the hell out of it. No, no, no. Forget I, about, forget about Disney for a minute. Cause they right, always animated like with live action that you could, that, that kids could associate with. Yeah. Not, but, all, but not only that, like <laughs> Disney's whole thing is, Hey, here's an orphan and they're, right. she's a girl with dreams. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they do the same thing every time, and it's always a Disney princess. They have a they have a rule to keep about Disney princesses. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, E.T., this, uh, just about every kid's movie, Goonies, they're all aimed. I, I'm going to agree with Randy on this. Whether they whether you, you could still enjoy them as a girl. I'm sure we have girl listeners that will write in and say, oh, I love these movies. I'm not saying you can't. Would. I'm just saying they were marketing. I, I do believe that that era marketed to me, 100%. Oh, well, okay, that's best because you're, you're, you know, you believe that you are the center of the universe. So, of course, you feel that. <laughs> you have absolutely feel that. But I don't think that was everybody's experience. And, okay, so let's look at this. Randy, what would you say if I said Fly the Navigator, female reboot in the works? Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard yeah. is yeah. directing one that's a female lead. Yep. Guess what? They don't have a script or anything. That is their whole point is mm. to make – a girl version of this. I'm like, that's the whole impetus. That's the whole center. Well, I mean, you got to, you got to do be. something better than that. Well, they, right? they may have more than that planned. I mean, obviously they can go modern effects and do all kinds of new stuff that they couldn't do back then. Bryce but- Dallas Howard hasn't even seen a script. She just knows that she's going to be directing and producing a fly the navigator with a girl centric story. Yeah. It's going to be a girl. That's but, how they sold it. But you're assuming you're assuming she's all jazzed about it for all we know it's just a simple business trip. Well, how do we know that? We don't know that. <laughs> Did you, Did you inter- to inter- interviews? <laughs> There's literally interviews with her where she says, "I'm jazzed oh, really? about it." Not, oh. not particularly that way, but she is very excited about it. Would you so, like I mean, to know how I feel? I would, I would categorize it as jazzed. I'm very jazzed about this. <laughs> Uh, but no, it does. I, I don't actually think it matters. I think I think it's good. I think we've made we've right. made progress to the point where you don't actually need to go. Well, where are the action figures going to be sold, or where what do boys like right. the most? I and mean, we're now getting to a place where well, it's a more it's it's a much more how, even playing field much, than it used to be. It's good. It's a good how, thing. How much? Okay, so this is this is an important point, and I, I I'm just you know I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate, of course, but you know I think that. I think I think it's a good point. It did feel like it was directed at you, but these were filmmakers who were men and they were trying to relate things artistically that related to them. They didn't have a woman's experience growing up. And we have a little bit better understanding now, like you guys said. We 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 make sure that in the storyboarding, 
and you know in the scripting that we have m- m- more voices because we want to reach yeah. as many people. It's, all, it's it also good to actually hire women, hire women to help make your movie. That helps too. Yeah, and we I do mean, that a whole lot more. Especially if you're going to have a female character involved. I mean, because we only have limited experiences. I don't have experience. Right. So I haven't had a period. Of I, my first period, I was 14 when I had my first period. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was shocked and confused. I was, I was so late too. All my friends had already had there. But I also got to say that humans are very adaptive and I don't think, especially Fly of the Navigator, and that's what got me kind of on this. I, I don't feel like Fly of the Navigator is disrelegated to men. I didn't feel like this was a very masculine, manly, no. ha-ha, man humor Boy, again, again I'm, I'm I'm comparing it to other things at the time, namely The Little Mermaid, which was was a very. I love that it was too. Very, I didn't feel like that was directed at just women. I'm not saying I didn't freaking love it, Brian. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I am saying that there was there was an intent. There was an intent to stop and say, "Who's our audience? Twelve year old boys. We're going to surround this twelve year old main character." With boy stuff, we're going to literally put all the toys you ever dreamed of wanting on the bed that we gift I, to him. All of that stuff. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I know, that's but I I'm think saying. that's. Uh, but I think that's incorrect because that assumes some kind of conspiracy, and I don't think anybody creating this movie, other than marketing, maybe, maybe the money producer people may have been going, "We want to do this." But then the directors and right. artists and the actors always go, "Okay, we're here right. for the art." That is a this is a, f- a <laughs> fundamental thing in in film criticism that I think is very very interesting and I yeah. don't really think we we need to like write a book or something because, because <laughs> from my perspective New Patreon the, level let's do it all right go from yeah, right. my perspective yeah. the making of every movie with a few weird exceptions the making of every movie is a conspiracy it is absolutely a conspiracy it is a bunch of people conspiring to accomplish something specific and um, molding that as they go making little changes here and there conspiring together and there are critics like you brian dunaway who really want movies to kind of like spring out of the void fully formed you know and i I get that like that's a that's a really romantic way of approaching a movie well it's just movies movies are made by committee but certainly they don't all have common goals i mean the director often is in conflict with the producers or the money makers. We see it all the time. So that would not be a conspiracy. The only, I mean, that the only be, goal. I'm trying to do things. I'm trying to get to this end point and I'm willing to compromise with you who has an agenda to get there. <laughs> all right, let me, let me, let me explain something. I think that part of this is uh, just economics. Like the, the right. if you're going to make a movie, you need money to do it. How do you get the money? You get it from the money people. What do the money people want to maximize their investment and make the most money right. possible? And so if your vision doesn't match what they think will generate the most dollars, you're going to end up having your vision change, whether you like it or not. And sometimes that means... People Let's leave projects. Sometimes a director stomps out of there and says, do not put my name in the credits. Or, you know, there's a million of these yeah. stories. But at the end of the day, that business is 100% that and not anything else. And so it, if you're around in the in the 90s or the 80s <clears throat> and the big money is is been has been shown to be like, hey, we're going to do it like Star Wars does it. We're going to sell action figures and toys. I don't know if this movie had a bunch of that tied to it. It might have. I don't know. Um, but usually it's like, yeah, what's the aftermarket? What's our deal with McDonald's? What's our plan for t-shirts and freaking bed sheets and all the, all the bullshit they used to sell to us. And I think sometimes that stuff, actually more times than not, that stuff leaks into production. 
Sometimes you okay. get lucky and it just fits. Like Star Wars mm-hmm. is like, hey, make action figures. Of course, duh. What are we doing? Like it makes perfect sense to do what they did, and it wouldn't have mattered. Like they didn't force Star Wars to be anything other than what it was to accommodate that. But I think once that happened, then it kind of does. Then you'd see stuff in future Star Wars movies and go, oh, well, they're making a toy out of that. That's a toy Mm -hmm. because they they have no other reason for that ship to be in there except they're going to make a toy that they want me to buy. Like you can start to see those things squeeze in. But it's normal because everybody's in it for the money. That's all they want. I mean, not everybody. They're not in it for the money. But those directors got to get paid. Those writers got to get paid. How do they get paid? The money people got to pay them. The movie makes no it's money. They don't want to pay. Fly the Navigator would bring up this very serious. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. know. Yeah, I think of that's hilarious. Movies. Of all movies, <laughs> you know where where this conversation came from in my household was from my twelve year old. Like from the beginning of the movie, he's so used to watching you know, cynical, super cynical things on YouTube. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. He's just sitting there from the beginning and he's just like, Oh, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I don't even know. Oh, geez. That's just weird. Well, he's in my club because that's exactly what I was doing. Go ahead, of it. Seriously, go ahead. Finish that Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, there's so much of that in this that is that maybe, maybe I'm jaded that I don't have that, nostalgic connection to the film seeing in the 80s but i i the movie ended and i felt like okay great what was the whole point of that you know there's not there's not really a conflict there's nothing that 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 gets yeah, yeah. resolved sure he's 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 trapped in or out of time for eight years and but still finds a way back it's not a very difficult way back oh well this might not work but it might oh it worked you're you're home <laughs> You know um, what? This is great for the argument of uh, E.T.'s better. And I would just say the reason I'd say E.T.'s better as one of these kinds of movies is there were real stakes in it. Unlike yes. what you just described, you had reasons to be concerned about a dying, turning all white like a three-week-old turd on the grass up. looking thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like you right. were worried about it. And plus it just, and the men, the men were going to get him. And for a whole generation, my, they were going to use biggest, guns. And, yeah. Go ahead. My biggest question about this movie, watching it last night, mm-hmm. is... I didn't realize at all until last night that this was a sort of an evolution of ET, that this was inspired by ET. This was a, an attempt by uh, these filmmakers to make the same kind of movie. Only they had to change a lot of things. They had to be, they had to have a different protagonist and so on. I just didn't, I never knew that in the 1980s. I I want you to know. Oh sure. I never knew that. It I never... felt like that was obvious in the little the little uh, animal puppet room where it's like, oh, here's here's a guy who oh you're you're gonna become friends with him because his uh I feel like Rick, oh you're gonna become friends with him because yeah. uh, his his plan was destroyed by a common. We don't I don't know, Rick. If I can do it, Rick. <laughs> we should go the other way when we do those impressions. We should. Yeah. I think you're a much better Rick and I think I <laughs> <laughs> we're comfortable doing the Morty, but, um, but it is, it is that whole, like, okay, well, here's the ET moment is that he's, you know, he's going to befriend this, this other creature. I even feel like I made more of the movie by saying, oh, he, he sees a common element. That guy's kind of trapped without a family right now too. And, and they have a simpatico because of that. No, I think it's just like, oh, this is a cute. Uh, puppet figure that we made and uh, it's our E.T. moment. We can have him bond with this this thing. This little turd freaking horrible I, robot looking ass. It's the most, <laughs> the most dumb plot hole I suppose because it's like 
his planet got destroyed by a comet. I'm like, you just said you could travel back in time. <laughs> travel right. back in time before <laughs> the comet. What? Yes. And put him there so he can get destroyed by the comet too? What's yeah. the? Yeah, like eight years probably at least. Let him in. How long does that thing live? He couldn't yeah, live this, more than a couple of weeks. Yeah. This point. movie made me realize that all of my complaints about ET were really, really personal. Like they were all, they were all me and only me. Like I was, like I was a little tiny kid. I was, I was literally afraid of E.T. the alien. Like I thought he was scary when, when I saw the movie the first time Mm -hmm. and that stuck with me all the way to this day. Mm -hmm. Whereas this movie, this movie, uh, apparently I was just like super forgiving about all everything like every little thing as a kid, I was just entertained. And so, like, it was it was strange to me to watch my own kid not really be that entertained. This is kind of this is a much more like you said. It's not a cynical movie. It's a very gentle movie, mm-hmm. and I actually like the ride. I like the idea of, I like the the origin, the kernel of the idea, which I feel like is they you said, hey, all those kids that went missing in, in the seventies, what if they were abducted by aliens and they returned? We see this, we see this story all the time now, right? It's like, Oh, oh yeah. they disappeared for a while and now they're back. Ooh. And so yeah. what happened? No, I'm glad and, you brought uh, that up. I forgot kind of, this was that era of like, uh, Oh, did you hear the thing about the the kid on Halloween? He was taken and he showed up eight years later oh, yeah. with the mustache the or whatever. The 70s, we had this huge, uh, because, you know, our, our families were, you know, we were doing different things and kids were out and about in a more, more dangerous world. And so we had a lot of kids that were abducted. And this was kind of like exploring some of that, but on the lighter side of it, not the scary, weird, what really happened. They're dead well, in the woods. And again, this is a really cynical way of looking at it. But I, I bet you in the creation of this movie, there is someone sitting down writing out things that kids like. And one thing kids like is roller coasters. So I'm just going to make a movie version of a roller coaster ride, you mm-hmm. know? And like, again, mm-hmm. super cynical. Sorry. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's just like how I felt watching this movie. It is was- that. It is that. But it's okay. I think the reason I think it's okay for a whole generation to just find this to be beloved. And I'm kind of in Ibbitt's camp of like, eh, so, you know, feels like an also ran or whatever. Uh, I think it's because it is that. That's what kids want. Kids want yeah. not cheap thrills, but they want thrills that they can lose themselves into and go yeah man what would it be like and here it is here's what it would be like and they're not going to pause to go well wait a minute there's a plot hole wait a second there's another plot hole because they don't think that way kids are you know your average 11 year old or back then i think they're i think they're smarter and more cynical now but they're smarter now they wouldn't they need more they certainly have more cynical things to view (laughs) and so yeah they would i think the best entertainment is the kind that can have that and and on the surface and then also have the depth and that's hard to do. And and those are the ones that hold mm-hmm. up the, the strongest. That's why I feel like ET does hold up more yeah. than say something like this. And I know there's a million of these knockoffs like Mac and me, which everyone says we need to watch and a million other. <laughs> gotta watch Mac and me. You guys yeah, that feels like the more, the more want- direct, like, all right, we need, we need an ET. Yeah. All right. We got that. We need to be chased by the police. I mean, then we even have that, like, like they basically said, all right, well, what, let's boil ET down to what the big things are. Uh, a, a connection between a boy and an alien. This yeah. time it's an alien ship. They've got that sort G-Men of men running around trying to capture you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. When yeah, absolutely. Did Na- NASA is overreaching by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, oh, NASA, are, right. What is NASA? NASA cannot put you under house arrest. Nope. Get out of here. NASA, nope. NASA in partnership 
with the FBI. Yeah, I was going to say, the way that they treat NASA, NASA seems like a super organization with all sorts of military yeah, arms right. that we weren't aware of. It seems real, real We're fishy. putting you under house arrest. NASA exactly. can't get out of my way, NASA boy. Yeah, get out of get there. Get out of here. But my, my point is, like, you, if you can create the depth on the back end, you give kids what they want on the front, the tasty, tasty frosting, but that cake is good, too. And that's hard. That's a hard thing. Yeah. I think I think a good example of this today, maybe not all of them, but most of the MCU movies are going to hold up for kids who who idolize them. They're going to go, you know, 50 years from now, you're going to watch, our, you know, I don't know, the first Avengers movie and still have a really great time because as adults, they'll be able to see, oh, no, this is clever. This is cool. And they'll be able to forgive shit like, I don't see how that's a party or things like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and it'll yeah, be okay. So, you know, I'm not yeah. saying that I'm not saying everything we do today is going to hold up like that, but I think, I think that's the test. Does it have like, why, why do I think the newer star Wars movies aren't going to have that kind of love down the road? Well, they got the surface stuff, but they didn't go deep. And, right, right. and this is a movie where, and again, for a generation of kids, who cares? It's deep enough. It's all they want. I think. I think. I think the beginning. Some of this depth of this film happens in the first twenty minutes or so, maybe, and I agree. then after yeah. that is just kind of a road trip between a boy and his, a boy and his ship, uh, trying to get back home. But at the very beginning, you know, him being lost, the fear that Joey Kramer brings to the character David Freeman, of looking like he's afraid is is genuine and and impactful especially to a kid that age uh you know not find your parents your parents are gone what the crap is going on and everything is bigger than you mm-hmm. you need that escape you need that ship who can you know can can take you away and yeah, for for me watching this movie there were two things uh i mean and i mean in 2022 there were two things that really stuck out as wow that's that's that impresses me and, right. and the the main one is him waking up in the woods, which are strangely across the train tracks from his. Everything uh, had floor. Everything had train home. tracks yeah. when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not me. But, I, don't, I don't remember any but, of those. But. You know, he wakes up in the woods in the in the mountainous woods of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. There's like a, there's a he falls down a cliff. I'm like, there isn't a cliff in Florida. But anyway, now, he, yeah. uh, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are, hey, there's a clip somewhere in Florida. It's a crevasse. <laughs> anyway, that whole, that whole, that, that whole setup, the whole yeah. setup where he's like, wow, this is my, my home and my family doesn't live here anymore. And then he, he goes and meets them and they're all eight years older and so on. That is really good. Yeah. That is, yeah. Yeah. I thought they handled really it really well. Telling. Yeah. And it was, in, it was a little intense. I have to admit, I kind of forgot. I was like, oh, this would feel terrible. You're this kid. What has happened? What's happened? But then I realized how stupid everybody is because <laughs> it wouldn't be until like halfway through the movie that someone asked the real question, which is he hasn't aged at all, but we've all aged. So yeah, we should ask that oh. first, not well, they, how they come he doesn't it, remember oh, the no, last they, 10 they, years? They found it weird. Yeah, yeah they, they started answering, trying to answer that question instantly. They just didn't tell him. Well, yeah, they just but, didn't tell him what they were on to. Like, but they were like, you know? Hesman's like, well, he doesn't seem to have any memory for the last 10 years. Now, someone else is like, right. well, 10 years, the family had no idea. They thought he was gone forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, but he's also still 10, so that's a big deal. Talk about that sooner. They got to it. You're right. right, right but it right. took him a long-ass yeah. time to finally I acknowledge loved, us. I loved the acting that was done uh, with... <laughs> 
when he was grossed out by his old parents. They just, they just aged eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, David. Don't freak mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'd only aged eight years. So, and he's looking yes. at him like he's going to get the old or something. Like he's <laughs> Nowadays, like a Shyamalan movie or yeah. something. Yeah. Nowadays, yes, we, we think of it as very, very overstated. Yeah. Right? right? Like if you, if you took someone from I'm, – I'm trying to do some quick math here. Took someone from <laughs> September 2014 and right. dropped them down in front of a TV in today. They yeah. wouldn't be that uh, – you, Use your remote uh, wand. Unsettled. Yeah, yeah, your remote, remote control wand. wand. Yeah, they wouldn't be that wand. unsettled. The, I mean, yeah. the only thing I can really think is like the big, big difference is if they go outside in a city and there aren't cabs, but there's Ubers now. Okay, wow, that's scary. Yeah, I don't, I eight, just don't eight think years is not enough. But in, I guess it, I guess the eight to twelve year old mind, eight years, you know, that would make you a twenty. That's like a whole lifetime. What's that's the, a whole different life. Yeah. What's the 2014 kid asking to watch that's no longer on TV? <laughs> right? It's not Starsky and Hutch, that's for sure. I'm so glad he didn't say, wait a minute, what about Love Boat? I thought Love Boat was supposed to be on right now. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I haven't told you what, guys what this. What is the new thing that would freak him out, though? Because I, MTV probably would freak a kid out from 78. Well, yeah, uh, you know a blamange video would freak me out too. <laughs> yeah, weird I choice, really, right? Do you think they chose blamange yeah. because they were like, "Man, we don't have any money left." How about? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, blamange yeah. had a couple hits. Don't tell me it was probably their their biggest hit. Uh, some uh, dancing on the ceiling or or uh, living on the ceiling was another one, but. Yeah, they're not affording the Thompson Twins or right. uh, Huey Lewis in the news at in nineteen eighty five. Also, that specific <laughs> video was scary. And I, I just want yeah, you to know, yeah. little yeah. kid watching that video, it was scary. It was his legs the whole are thing, flailing as though not a part of his body. What is yeah. going on? I had to watch the whole video after that and just see. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's basically the two members of Blamange uh, doing uh, like a house flip where they're completely destroying the inside of this house oh, and okay. then demolishing it from the inside while they sing a song about um, being sad that the the you know telling the woman who's leaving not to go. Weird, and all yeah. the while they're like replacing their own legs or something, or what the frick was going there's on just there? One, it's funny. There's just one scene in the music video. It's the only part of the video that uses special effects. The lead singer's uh, foot twists around in a circle, and then his the whole bottom half of his legs go all flippy. Yeah, the whole yeah. rest of the video is him like taking a chair and smashing it I on the ground and grabbing, you know, pulling a radiator weird. off the wall. And I thought everything weird. was about the leg flipping. Out of place. Like they only had enough special effects to uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit of a parallel, only uh, enough special effects to do one little thing in their music video that actually had special. Well, effects. funny you ask, because speaking of the money people, this was originally an independent film. The main production company was producers sales organization. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, I love stuff. that. It was the, the it sent this this uh, image the other day when he was watching the movie. He says, "Oh, great! I know what we're in for." And I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit! Are you kidding? That's the name." And that of was this coincidental. Thing. Like uh, Tina said, "Oh, let me let me make up some popcorn or something." I'm like, "All right, cool. I'll go to the bathroom." And I pause the the video. And I come back and I look at the screen and it says a film by producer sales organization. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. not even catch that. Weird it feels thing. like it feels it like holder text. Right. It's like holder text really that nobody does, yeah. nobody inserted the correct the title text. here. But uh, <laughs> anyway, they put up two thirds of the budget. The rest came from Viking Film, a North yeah. Norwegian company, as you might imagine. And then uh, Walt Disney Pictures picked up all the rights for the film in North America, becoming the first distribution deal for the studio under new management led by Michael Eisner. So this was Eisner's big uh, initial boom, like, hey, look at I. Here's my idea. Let's do this movie. 
And apparently, uh, that Norwegian company made it so that a lot of the a lot of the inside of the spaceship's shots. All that those scenes were filmed in Norway for some reason. Oh, right, is right. That is, is that why, why the reshoots? You don't need. Is that yeah. with yeah. the with some with the reshoots with the kid? Because I put it in our our, t- yeah, the our chat here. And stuff. He had different hair in the same scene. One yeah. was real long. Yeah. One was yeah. real short. And I got. I thought oh, I probably had to go back for reshoots. Right. That's what yeah. they do. Yeah, it did some dub work, and yeah, you're absolutely correct. And yeah, you that's what you would do. You would you would film this internally wherever your uh, you know your special effects are at. By the way, this is this movie gets the the honor of inspiring James Cameron's uh, liquid Terminator and which goes on to inspire mm-hmm. a lot of other things. So this is where this kind of started this reflective uh, material on uh, you know morphing items and stuff that this is where it started at the flight nice. I, I love the, the whole thing where I, I didn't love the the animation of the steps. But when the steps are real yeah. and they're just so using cool. they're just using a camera angle to hide the the foundations of each step. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, I do like love that. that. Yeah. I still oh, love good. it. That's very blows cool. my mind. Yeah. Time. I think that's really cool. That's why I wrote that down. In fact, I'm like, uh, that I remember those steps being very cool is literally what I wrote. But then I saw it animate and I went, Oh no, 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 that looks bad. Don't do that again. <laughs> Don't do that's that Play-Doh. again. Play-Doh. That's clay being shaped, metal clay being shaped. Indeed. Um, I guess this is the second film ever released under the Disney banner at the time uh, to contain profanity. Uh, this had a GD oh. moment, I think, is what they said. When, when oh, was really? the profanity? Okay. I don't remember. Sarah Pretty Jessica sure it was when Johnny Fever, <laughs> Johnny it's Fever, goddamn walked, twisted sister, something like that. <laughs> Somebody, I think it was Johnny Fever, walked out and said, "It's the goddamn tri- ships uh, flying," or something. Oh, I don't know what he okay. said. I, I tried to pay attention to it because I read this before I started it. But anyway, uh, it's also the first involvement of Paul Rubens acting for Disney. A month after this film release, he continued to perform as Pee Wee Herman in the Saturday morning's Pee Wee Playhouse which aired on CBS. Uh, they don't say, I hate this piece of trivia because they don't say what the other Disney movie is that had the swears mm. to that point. Oh, yeah, no kidding. I'd be interested. I to, would love to, to know. know. Yeah. But I do remember as a kid, I went and saw uh, Secret of Nim. That's not Disney. but Oh, that is so good. I yes, wish it was Blue Disney. Night. But uh, anyway, Blues. I go in there. Blues. Don Bluth. Yeah, Bluth <laughs> Studios. And I go in there and I'm watching that movie. And at one point, one of the mice yells, damn it. <laughs> How dare you use profanity in my animation? Yeah, and as a kid, I would expect rats to use profanity, but not mice. I know, right? I would expect them to say rats. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, wait, it may have been. A, was it a rat? It's the guard guy that was helping Miss Miss what's her name yeah. get through. Yeah, that, the, he was a rat. Yeah. Yeah. Was he a rat? Okay, well he yelled, "Damn he it!" Was a rat. And I remember as so, a kid going, "Typical oh, rat language." He yelled, "Damn it!" And I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe a cartoon you, had a swear. Did word you look at it. mom? <laughs> I think so. I mean, she probably got uncomfortable and squirmed or something. Who knows? My mom did. But right. anyway, fun fact. Enjoy. Randall Kleiser was our director. He had directed Grease. Yeah. Yeah, Which we even hear a little bit of uh, "You're the one that I want." Is there yeah. in the family oh. truckster? Oh, I missed that. <laughs> I just I'm trying, desperately tried to answer a question that you just asked. Oh, what was it? Go <laughs> ahead. Is there a question? Uh, the first use of the the word "shit" in a Disney movie. This was the second. Flight of the Navigator is the second time. The oh, shit. shit! Someone said is, "shit." Is heard okay. in a Disney movie. The first one was the previous year, the John Cusack uh, Meredith Salinger movie, "The Journey of Natty Gan." Oh, oh, okay. I love included that movie too. the word shit. I don't remember that movie at all. The Journey yeah. of Natty Gan. The hell Isn't is that the that? one where she gets on the train? Was it? I'm thinking about something else. Oh, this guy. Okay, he did Grease, but he also did Blue Lagoon. He did White yeah. Fang. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Yeah. <laughs> not, but not shrunk them, just blew them up. 
He did some weird grease. Which was a really short movie. Yeah. Blew him up. That was just it. Uh, Ooh, that's it. Done. He's been kind of working on and off. Did something in 2019. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And his around. brother was the one who uh, did all the, the special effects, right? Because he was he had their own little studio house and everything. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, Honey, These I Blew Up the Kids. He did that. That's cool. What else? I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're we're now in the dueling uh, trivia section of. of <laughs> we do this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> can can you can you anyone guess the third Disney movie to include the word shit? <laughs> uh, oh, this is fu- this is the third? most fun I've ever had with trivia. So uh, it's got it's live action, I assume, right? Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. All right, give us a, give us a um, range, a year range somewhere. Um, it's early ni- early nineties. Okay. Early, oh, early nineties. Interesting. We have, we have these two movies in the mid eighties, and then they go. A now, few is years. this Disney proper, or is this Touchstone, or one of those other off brands, or? Yeah, it, it must Disney be proper. Disney proper, right? It's, or it should be. It's a Disney movie. I don't know. Like Flight of the Navigator isn't a Disney not proper a, movie. Yeah, right? it is. Right. It says Walt Disney. Pre- pre- Walt Disney Walt presents. presents. Now, see Walt Disney presents Pretty Woman. No, right? what I'm saying yeah. is, Walt. If they did Touchstone, they would say Touchstone, and Disney's name was not on it. Right. If they right. did. Yeah. Right. If they put Disney, I feel like that's the differentiator. So it must be a Disney movie. Uh, I'm gonna say yep, it's, it's a Disney movie produced with Amblin and Touchwood. Okay. Okay. Amblin. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, d- uh, the robots. One, the little robots one. Um, uh, with awesome. the old people in it. Uh, shit. Uh, Hume Cronin was in it. Uh, oh, batteries not included. Yes, is that one? Oh. Nope. Um, I'll give you some more hints. I'm yeah. trying to get to the end of this. Uh, it, <laughs> it's, it stars Reese Witherspoon and Ethan Embry. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, no, no, no. D- uh, d- d- um, uh, Sweet Home Alabama. No, no, uh, no that's a, I think this is a little a uh, few years before okay. Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. They're in uh, that but, together. I only know this in my wife watching on the ship. Freeway. So, Freeway. so the <laughs> third the third movie to allow the use of the word shit and for Walt Disney was called A Far Off Place. Oh. It's oh, never heard okay. of it. It's uh, it's about yeah. some some, you know, uh white kids in Africa. <laughs> They're like on vacation in Africa and uh some poachers come along and they have to they have to get their way, you know, make their way through the bush with this like local bushman <laughs> they have to escape they have to escape danger wow and okay. uh ethan it, embry a, uh for those who don't know who that is that's papa giorgio from the third right. uh, vacation papa giorgio. film yeah yuma <laughs> he's uh, they are they are both just so everyone knows my memory's not stupid they are both in sweet home alabama as well yeah okay so, right on right. yeah uh for for me, it's uh, <laughs> good for you. Yeah, good, good for you. Good for you. Uh, Far off place is a, a way way underrated movie for me. I don't want to ever rewatch it. Okay, <laughs> please you don't, don't want to ruin it. Attempt this. What about Medicine Man? Was that a, was that? A oh, I Disney love that movie. movie. That's not yeah. Disney. Sean Connery. Though, is it? That's not Disney though. No, I kept thinking Medicine that was Man was uh, ninety two. Uh, Lorraine Bracco. Let's see, Sean Connery. And that was a. Uh, what's who's the big uh, Sphinx? Disney. That's Touchstone, right? Are yeah, they, which is Sphinx? Disney, no right? Hollywood. Pictures. I remember Disney was no. involved with Hollywood Pictures, and Hollywood uh, Pictures yeah, also Hollywood also Hollywood owned Pictures. by Disney, I believe. I think. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I remember Disney sponsored it. We we were I was working at Blockbuster at the time, and they oh, took us. No, 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 no. Hollywood Pictures was making movies like Tombstone. That that was not that was not a Disney movie. Well, hold on, I think okay. it is. It's one. I think they owned Hollywood Pictures and Touchstone, and that's where they did their. This is like Hulu for them. They have yeah. Hulu now to show all the stuff with the swears and the nudes, 
And, All I know uh, is I got some Disney merch <laughs> going to see the Medicine Man. So I assume since it said it was sponsored by Disney, Disney was involved. Here it is. I found it. No, you're, I was I was right. Uh, film production label Walt, for Walt Disney Studios, founded and owned by Walt Disney, established in 89 by Eisner. Uh, that they, is wild. I I really learned something today. Yeah, I this was their this was them saying, well, we can't leave all the money on the table. We can't just make kids movies and mm-hmm. then that's it. We gotta like do other shit. Right. So that's what they did. And they just Hollywood, that, that Hollywood was their way pictures. of hiding, you know, and saying, well, <laughs> Disney didn't make this. Disney didn't have a sex scene. Freaking Hollywood <laughs> Pictures did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hollywood anyway. Pictures is one of the one of the great uh, like mysteries then because like it never they they never let on. Like they never let any oh, yeah. kind of Walt Disney light shine through what they were doing. Like ever. I never once thought of Disney, you know, in all those years watching movies like that. I had this strange memory of at least the, the touchstone side. I remember it being like splash was a, a first for that or something. And, and everyone's like, Oh, that's really a Disney movie, but because it's got some adult themes, it's now under this name. And that's for whatever reason, it's just stuck with me forever. And so now when I hear Touchstone, which I don't even think is a working title anymore, maybe it is. But if I hear, is, though. if I hear or think about Touchstone, <laughs> is Hollywood go, Pictures, oh. Hollywood Pictures hasn't existed for fifteen years. Oh, they're done. But yeah, they, uh, eighty. Man, see. they made the they made the Rock. Uh, I just, I never once thought of the Rock as a Disney mm. movie. Yeah, that's wild. They owned the Sean Connery for a while. It sounds like yeah, mm. and all the Sean Connery yeah. you can stand. You ever lose your car keys? <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to this trivia. Uh, it says here, uh, the loud belch made by the Garbuntel, or whatever it's called, the little stupid-ass Oh, yeah, little yeah, little thing. thing that ate his hat, the NASA hat. Uh, the one that ate the hat, exactly, is actually the dubbed-in sound of Joey Kramer belching. Really? Yeah, it slowed down slightly mm-hmm. to uh, sound deeper and longer. So uh, there you go. Got the kid to burp. <laughs> hey, come here, kid. You want to burp? Yeah, man, that's what kids do. We I'm on it, man. Yeah. Give I don't want to yes. give me a give me new Coke, old Coke, uh, uh Dr. Coke, Pepper, caffeine yeah. free Coke. Uh, get Sarah Jessica Parker out here and, and with the with the with the barf. What is mm. it? What is it called? The, the not barf, Ralph. the part. Ralph. The Ralph. Oh, the Ralph, yeah. <laughs> the, the most interesting <laughs> close barf. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. The most interesting thing, uh, tri- like trivial thing that I read after watching this movie was Wikipedia. Wikipedia the entry for Flight of the Navigator says that this movie stars Joey Kramer and Sarah Jessica Parker and I'm just like no mm, that's no. it that's all you need to know mm-hmm. that is not that no yeah, and in it. fact, I'll bet you Sarah Jessica Parker didn't make much money I'll bet you she was a yeah it's like where we're first it's, it's, roles, it's Joey Kramer really. and Howard Hessman if you're if you're basing it on screen time yes Hessman is the man. Two. He's Paul he's taking Paul the big Rubens money. A, like, well, not, yeah, I guess not screen time, but but yeah. movie appearance. Maybe right. or Paul Rubens or Paul uh, Mall, as he's called. And, oh, they call say, him Paul Mall in this. I missed that. That's weird. He, he yeah. went by Paul Mall, yeah, instead of Paul Rubens. Weird. I don't know. To, to like, well, I don't really want people to confuse me with Paul with Pee Wee Hermie. Can't have dude, that. So, right. No. That's what I'm going to do. The voice right in the middle of the movie. That's what I'm going to do. The laugh. <laughs> this is how I talk normally. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, weird. Okay, so I was just looking at first movies for her. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. She was in a bunch of TV stuff. Her first movie movie was 83 called Somewhere Tomorrow, whatever the hell that is. And then she had a very small role in Footloose, which I sort of remember. Yeah. Um, I don't remember being significant, though, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, she tied uh, Kevin Bacon's shoe one time, I think that's <laughs> That was it. <laughs> is that yeah. what she did? Uh, yeah. um, and then she did, let's see, yeah, then a bunch more TV stuff, and then Flight of the Navigator. It was very early for her. Yeah. This, this is one of her bigger... 
prominent roles. I mean, she's right there in center, front and center. She wasn't she wasn't having sex in the city or anywhere else at the time. She was still uh, (laughs) she's she's 20 when she filmed her scenes for Flight of the Navigator. And again, never noticed. I never, ever noticed as a little kid that she kind of comes on to him. Oh, she's a total groomer. Oh, yeah. Groomer. Big time. (laughs) Groomer. Like, I was trying to figure out the race. She's not old enough to really be a cougar, but okay, groomer. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's just, uh, well, but again, it plays to this like prepubescent boy fantasy of yeah. the hot older girls talking to me. Right. Like, there's, that's, right. that's clearly what they're aiming there's for. Not, there. There's not really a prepubescent aspect to it, though. Like, it's a pubescent fantasy, really. And like, this kid is sort of like you're saying he's kind of like stand in for a 14 year old boy or a 15 year old boy. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's fine. It's not like gross or anything. It was just, I, I just never noticed it <laughs> until mm-hmm. this view. Yeah. But you can, you can see what I mean this, they're, they're aiming this at like, Hey girls, girls, right. Hey, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the deal. That's- <laughs> and then, and then the weirdest thing is like her, whole purpose, her whole purpose is to help him escape. And it turns out he didn't need any help at all. He's got amazing Wi-Fi from his brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Brain Wi-Fi. Dude. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty and good plus stuff. That, yeah. That, that security was terrible. First of all, NASA doesn't have those sweet slidey door things. So, so no. space Star Trekky. Yeah. But no. uh, then, then, I mean, that robot was like delivering mail to him every five oh. minutes. Yeah, and Constantly. they don't look and see like, oh, okay, robots yeah. going in. Well, let's get back to our poker, poker game. Oh, that yeah. trope, dude. Can I? Oh, yes. that just felt so classic and it? so like, I don't know, because it's so integral to yeah. the escape. Always that, that for it to be so hand wave like, oh yeah, he just goes right back. And why are they always <laughs> playing poker? It's always <laughs> yeah, right? cards. Oh, yeah. Those guys are never distracted by. Do? Although you know what, you'll see a movie once in a while where the guy's watching fifteen screens, and one of them's the big game. Mm, you know, yeah. Yeah. so he's yeah. you know right, watching yeah. the Mets play and going, "Damn it!" or whatever, and missing the one screen where someone sneaks around. But I don't know. Feels like poker happens a lot. I, a freaking I had him, I had him playing gin rummy. That's just what made sense to me as a twelve year old watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't. I don't know. Poker doesn't. Poker is not a two person. Not as game. funny. No, but they did say he said full straight flush or some bullshit or full house or whatever it was. But it's like it's like this idea that these guys are so dumb, and also this security hole exists where you've got an autonomous robot that has no attendance, and there's a giant cavernous freaking space on the side of it. And you think that no one's ever going to try to get into that thing and then drive clear across where that thing was all terrain vehicle and it could mm-hmm. go for a thousand yeah. miles. So stupid. Yeah. And in no way, in no way would your letters being delivered not smell like beef something because <laughs> Some of the that last thing sandwich. delivers food. Yeah, right. that thing delivers food and mail. No, thank you. And Scott, my uh, my version Marsh. of that trope, by the way, is the the security guard has his nose buried in a girly mag. He's oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. The, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, we watched. Okay, I just got back from a cruise, and it was a princess cruise. And one of the funny things they do there is when you're back in your room or whatever at night, they have the TVs there are loaded with on-demand episodes of the old Bub Boat. 
I love that's that perfect. it's, I love that it's on demand. Like, oh yeah, uh, I feel like a little charo. Should yeah, we watch yeah. one with you're not charo? wrong, dude. You are yeah. not wrong. Like literally, you can go in there and go, oh, let me skip ahead to these four episodes, or let me resume the one I started last night. Like it's like Netflix. Oh, it's God. weird. But anyway, that doesn't a- even sound appealing to me. Sorry, I mean I know people think that I've got this like <laughs> love for for uh, love, love boat. boat. I have yeah. so yeah, many but, questions uh, about love boat that I'm gonna save for TMS. I have so many questions. <laughs> but anyway, we watched a bunch of these. What love the hell is a purser anyway? <laughs> yeah, dude, I had to. I asked that question. I had to look it up on the shit internet we yeah. had on the boat. It was ridiculous. I'm like, what is a purser? I'm sick of this purser Smith stuff. He's Gopher. Damn it, call him Gopher. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I forgot what my point was. What was my point? Oh, sorry. Love Boat. I was watching The Love Boat, Whoa. and there was a point I was going to make, and now I can't freaking effing remember uh, The on-demand Love Boat. Uh, Shit. Playing in the room. Yeah, what uh, were you saying before that, though? You were saying something about a deal. Something exciting. And I don't uh, remember. Here, I'll try to cleanse right. my palate so with this start- trivia here, which is the kid's full name, the actor. It's not just uh, Joe Kramer. Oh, yes. Joey Kramer. His name is... Delirious Joe August Fisher Kramer is his real name. Get out. Delirious? Yeah. Yeah. Nightless spelt like delirious, spelt weird. By the way, he is son of a hippie. That's right. Well, oh, was it ain't like delirious? Oh, color me surprised. We're all sons of that generation, 60s hippie people, though, aren't we? Kind of. Yeah, his mom mom had, okay, so I watched the documentary, this Beyond the Fly, or what is it? uh, Life Life After the Fly of the Navigator, or whatever it is. Anyway, Life After the Navigator. uh, Yeah, yeah, they, they go, they deep dive into. His mom, she was 31. She was living on a basically a you know a commune compound, whatever. And uh, she she was just looking for somebody to have a baby with, anybody. And so this 20 year old volunteered, and uh, yeah, and he was apparently mm. not a good dad. Mm. Uh, told told uh, later in life, told uh, David Freeman just to go ahead and uh, think you have problems, whatever. Shut up, just go kill yourself. And so <laughs> Jeez. yeah. That's it's, not this nice. This guy's went through a lot of things. A lot of things. Yeah, that documentary, I kind of was hesitant to watch it because I don't want to hear about the downfall of this poor kid. I hate I hate child actors that, that get messed up or yeah. just wrecked mm-hmm. by by either like if the kid the who's the kid who played Anakin? Uh Jake oh, Lloyd. Uh, Is that right? Jake Lloyd, yeah. I feel so bad for that guy. Yeah. Like, right. He just yeah. got destroyed and they often like you do turn to drugs and other stuff to sort of pad it out and it never turns out great the two Corys is a huge messy story like mm, yeah think of a childhood actor thing that worked out and you can you can count like three like ron yeah. howard maybe his brother clint counts i don't know uh, right, does Clint right. Howard count? And it's still know. going on because hespin was uh head of the class where our right. nickelodeon producer uh Moved on to later on to uh, what's the word I'm looking for to be a real dick. I don't oh, know to How's be a that? dick. Okay, no, yeah. he went full dick. I get it. Yeah, he's, he well, went full dick. You never go full dick. Never go full dick. Hey, did did uh, did um uh, is this Hessman's first film sack appearance? I think it might be. Oh, it's got to be. I can't think of another Hessman thing either. that wasn't uh, WKRP or head of the class. Yeah, we got to do uh, Ruben and Ed at some point, but um, yeah, I don't think we've See, done was any he other in Problem Child, Howard Hessman. We didn't he? see Problem Child along with uh, John Ritter. Yeah, I don't I think we saw. And that. I just want to. I just want to draw a circle around Hessman. What's his first name? <laughs> Howard. Howard Hessman. Howard. Hessman. Howard. Just trying to decide because, from my perspective, it is massive that he is in this movie and now i look back on it i'm like what was i thinking like apparently there was a time when wkrp in cincinnati was on in reruns 
constantly yeah 100 of the time and you didn't have choices <laughs> you had three stations yep mm-hmm. yeah i i watched every episode of wkrp in cincinnati apparently yes. dozens of times yes. and so seeing this howard hessman in this movie is huge like he is the star of the movie almost for yeah for for this w- one lured little perspective that i am and I just was like, I was annoyed watching it last night because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, give, give me some Hessman, give yeah, me some no. Doctor Doctor Johnny Fever. Yeah, this know? is give nothing like Dr. that. Fever. You take that, you take that yeah. beard off. What do you got? You got this mm-hmm. guy. I know doing a stuff. hairless Hessman. A hairless he does, Hessman. Yeah, he loses. He does lose all his power. You said it in your intro, Dunaway, and he really does. Like, <laughs> oh, he's like the DJ everybody wants to be, and then he's like, oh, he's just like some weird retail <laughs> worker. So uh, <laughs> he was. He was He's a weird clue. retail worker. He does like a retail worker. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I've been a retail worker. I can confirm. I mean, he just looks like, you know, some Joe you'd see working at the Circuit City trying to sell you a, a Samsonite or Samsung VCR. He's like Gil from The Simpsons. Oh, Gil, yeah, you did right. it again. Yeah. Yeah. So we've yeah. we've got Howard Hessman in Clue. Apparently, that's a an uncredited role. He, like... Oh, he, right. He, like, shows up and you, like, see him He's the, he's the detective, isn't he, that... That shows up. Sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. At the end, like the policeman that shows up very, very, very end. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get over how long it took me to figure out that, uh, that Lambert's in this from Alien. What's her name? Mm. Uh, can't mm-hmm. name. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is her freaking name? Uh, Looking Veronica, eight Veronica years Cartwright. old. Yeah. Wow, that makeup. Mm. Veronica Cartwright. Veronica Cartwright. That's right, Veronica. Costanza, exactly. Yep. Yeah, she's which always freaks me out because that lady is great, and I like her in almost everything I've ever seen oh, yeah. her in. But she also uh, is British, and it throws me because she never she, plays British. Yeah. yeah, she plays frantic like nobody's business, and I think yeah. it's her eyes have like already have a built-in frantic look to them. Yeah, she has a resting Dallas, frantic face. It's coming right towards you. Yeah. She has RFF. In her face. And then she's she's opposite Cliff DeYoung, the every dad, who plays calming like mm-hmm. nobody's yeah. business. Like yeah. there's never been a yeah. and he was a, like he's a former rock star. Did you know this? No, no I didn't know that. No, no I didn't know his former yeah. rock star. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he like I, I don't I it's hard to figure out what in the world he was like other than a singer. Mm. But right? like he's he's credited as uh, you know, having been a part of things done by the doors and Jimi Hendrix and hmm. Janis Joplin, I don't know. Oh, he cool. apparently, he apparently left music behind and went to Broadway for a while and then, uh, started turning in movies yeah. and, uh, like he's, he's great guys. Mm-hmm. I love this guy. No, I like yeah, him too. Yeah. But, but, but apparently him. Joey Kramer didn't his, the David older Freeman, that guy, he's like, I the, can't hug him. The older Cliff DeYoung gets though, the more his face has stayed where it is. Yeah, but the rest of his head has grown outward, so he yeah. he's starting to look like. Now he looks like he's aged more than eight years. Yeah, we'll give right. him that. We'll give mm-hmm. him that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I like him. He's in all sorts of stuff. He's in Glory, I think. Yeah, played a, a, a key role in the movie Glory. Not long after this, was he the was he the Glory? No, he was the uh, <laughs> he was a colonel, if I remember right, and some, yeah. something with he's the, Clifty Old now, right? Is that Clifty <laughs> Old? Clifty That's Old. Right. That's Clifty yeah. so Old. He's in dad jokes. He hasn't been in much is, though. 2015 was his last series appearance and something in 2020 called reality queen where he played Joe logo. <laughs> Joe logo's great name. <laughs> Which, uh, oh, this looks like this looks bad. 
Reality. Oh, it's a reality. It's that show with Mike Tyson's thing. The reality. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. I don't know much about it. But Mike Tyson. But I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, what else we got here? Oh, Chris O'Donnell auditioned for the kids' role and didn't get it. Yeah, it, and, and he was, did really good too. He's like almost interchangeable here with Joey Kramer at that age. They mm-hmm. both have this very similar uh, emotional range. He, he probably wouldn't have robbed a bank later and stuff. He would have been a little less. Uh, well, I found it very interesting. I started thinking about this. I'm like, everybody kept talking about how easy it was emotionally to turn it on and off with Joey Kramer with this with crying and whatever else he was able to turn on a dime. And after mm-hmm. watching the documentary with him, I'm like, okay, I see why he had a lot to pull from, you know, he had all this anguish and pain that he could pull from. And then I started worrying about all those actors that people brag on and say, Oh, they can cry at a drop of a hat. And I'm like, Oh, they're probably seriously broken because yeah. they have something they can just mm-hmm. pull from. They're messed That's not up. a talent. That's damage. I, I watched a, I watched people. a bad movie with a good actor yesterday on the plane from uh, what's it called? It's called Infinite Storm. And uh, right, let's see, is that right? Let me make sure I have that right. Infinite Storm. Infinite. Anyway, it's Naomi Watts, <laughs> and it's this year. Oh. Just barely came out, and it's really uneven, and I don't recommend it. However. <laughs> Uh, she's one of those people that can cry on a dime and really convince right. you. And I hadn't thought of that until Dunway just said that. Like, what is it? Where, yeah. How do you get there? I don't know how you get there. You either have, maybe with her, you have a very seasoned career and lots of, you know, raw talent mixed with experience and everything. Maybe that's all she has to do. But for a kid like that, whenever they cry yeah. real good on camera, I always get a little concerned. A like, little worried. It's a little too yeah. easy yeah. for them. A lot to pull from. Um, kids, you know. This is the second time we've seen Joey Kramer, right? Didn't didn't we see him in Runaway? Wasn't he like the kid that ran away? Yeah, he was time? the runaway. <laughs> no, he didn't run away. Yeah. He was in it though. He was a little. It was his he first was movie, it. right? I think. Yeah, he yeah, was I a floater. Think so, <laughs> right? I think his first movie was actually. Uh, he said he did a little cameo. I don't know if it was even listed, but he did like a he he did a cameo in Never Any Story, also uh, produced by these same producers the yeah, never well, ending story uh, i feel Malco. like you just you just drove past the, the thing i was going to say about love boat and this the connection oh. and then i forgot it oh. again you, oh, you were no. you were right there you know that time sometimes your brain goes oh, tickle oh yeah there it is right? oh no 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 and then it's gone again no, no, yeah. wait, wait, wait. i know i'm so, gonna get uh, there i feel it we also we also have trivia that joaquin phoenix was seriously considered yes. that he tried out for this role and i kind of wish he had gotten it like this was mm. this was the exact same time he was making uh space camp so that's a little close to home but i i just feel like that uh that joaquin phoenix that age that he was in space camp, like would have been real good for this movie. I don't remember right. space camp at all. Is that uh, good? Once again, once again massive movie in my experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. like space camp was like, like I went to class in elementary school and the movie space camp was talked about by teachers because they were so excited that the kids were so excited about the idea of space camp. Are you, uh, uh, where do you stand on that as a sackable piece? Are you worried that it won't hold up? So percent. If, if it was streaming, totally. I would sack it next week. Okay. Yeah. Totally sackable. Okay. Space camp PG night 86. Oh, Leah Thompson. Yeah. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah, Leah Thompson. Yeah. yeah, I was. I got a huge crush on her at this point. Yeah, my high camp. my high school yeah. crush uh, was, was strong. I'm going to her. space camp. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Like at all. Like zero oh, memory. What, really? Of this. Yeah, nothing. It's not That's ringing any bells. Interesting, because it just like 
it like again it's a, 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 a dunaway might disagree with me but it's a movie that is contrived to strike at your heart as a like teenage oh, boy at this time yeah 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 but it's got these girls in it which are there to strike at our teenage boy heart mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. our teenage boy's loins <laughs> yeah <laughs> our teenage loins that's teenage right teenage loins yeah you heard that right <laughs> um shouldn't the dog be dead Eight years later, it's like, it is eight uh, years. Well, they they had made yeah. reference early on that they added it quickly in there when uh, when he was walking to go get his brother Jeff before he fell in the ravine. Uh, he said to the dog that the dog was very young, very yeah. very young. Yeah. So me, the dog was probably ten, maybe mm, by the time he comes back. So okay. yeah, it's okay. fine. Let yeah. me let me refer to the first note I made watching this movie last night, and this stood tall the rest of the movie. I wrote. Oh gosh, I hope the dog and frisbee scene doesn't end up being my favorite thing in the movie. <laughs> it sure enough. Of, it kind of was for me it too. It was too. Yeah, I yeah. liked it a lot. I, and it had great music, right. great 80s music. Tina and I both looked at each other and said, I could watch 90 minutes of this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The, the, the 80s, we were really loving the frisbee during the 80s. And yeah. oh my God, I thought I remembered this movie. I thought the dogs caught every one of the frisbees. But these dogs really sucked. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were, they were horrible. Like mm-hmm. they were missing every one of the frisbees. Yeah, dogs. <laughs> they, are, they dogs. Dogs aren't <laughs> r- very good at that. They're they're about 50-50. The good dogs are right. about fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I, I thought they caught one of them. That's why my it's fascinating, or that's why it's impressive when they do, because most of them just can't. Yeah. Even the good yeah. ones. My, my, my dog is frisbee crazy, and I'll bet he only catches them ten percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, I probably couldn't even catch them eighty percent of the time in my mouth, except just bust my teeth. <laughs> so I can't talk about the dogs. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, we we didn't talk about the ten percent of our brain. Thank God we're no, getting past geez. that. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah that whole that, thing. that myth that. Uh, Came to a head with what Limitless and Lucy a couple of years ago, yeah, and then finally yeah. it just became a Facebook thing. Everybody shared it around. No, we right. don't. We don't just once, use ten percent of our brain. Yeah. Once you start thinking about it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I see now. Yeah, That's but what, it was always the 2020 thing. election came around. We said, oh, maybe some people do. <laughs> maybe we only use no, five. I'm four, four, maybe. Either way, um, but look, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Uh, On both sides, they they. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Just hearing that makes 10%. me sick. Both sides. Um, geez. Uh, so I don't know what. There's probably a phobia to this phrase, and I just don't know what it is. Anyway, uh, the the point is, what was my point? Well, there it goes again. That's in the back seat with some other thought. <laughs> it's flying away like a a train Scott, on the tracks. Scott's losing childhood. eight years of memories just as right. we uh, do this show. Oh, what I was going to say, when I was a kid, uh, even before this, I thought a two a dog who had two different colored eyes was yeah. maybe the coolest idea in the world. And then I found yeah. out there are people who have two or have different colored yeah. eyes. And yeah, I wanted cool. to be that. I wanted to have yeah. that so mm-hmm. bad. I don't know why. I guess I could go buy a contact it and just stick you, it in there. But It makes you unique. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's cool, like oh, I am unique. It's really cool. I I have a coworker who has a half of one of her eyes is a different color. Oh, cool. Okay. And oh, wow. is it right down and, the middle or uh what's the No, it's kind of a pie, a, a piece up a wedge of pie, a big like a like piece of pie, pie in her piece. eye? Yeah, right. <laughs> And, That's a more. Uh, it's yeah. a more. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to say much more about her. But like, she has. She posts pictures on Instagram all the time, and like when you see her in person, you notice it right away. But on Instagram, you might not. It's kind of like it kind of like 
you don't really like, it's just hard to see on Instagram. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so like, I, I really, I really enjoy like showing somebody, Hey, look at these pictures and tell me if you see anything weird. <laughs> like, mm, no, mm, not always. Not at all. You're all good. But a dog, kind of I don't know, something about a dog with wacky features. Big fan, super yeah. fan mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted that dog is what I'm I thinking. had that dog. That The dog in this movie was my dog when I was a kid. It's oh. a, a Australian Shepherd, had two different colored eyes, one brown, one blue. Did they pay you um, plenty of money to use them on the on the picture? Oh, you don't mean literally your dog. You mean it was like, like almost like your dog. My dog was exactly like the dog in this movie. I'm not <laughs> convinced that it was the same dog. No. I think the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie dogs were different dogs. Different, uh, they were different dogs. They might have been. These were different dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would hope so because one's supposed to be eight years older than the other, right? I mean. No, 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 no. Beginning and end is the same. Oh, oh, oh. The bookend time dog. Right. Bruiser, by the way. Bruiser, yeah, there you go. Don't oh, don't yeah, call by any other name other than Bruiser. Yeah, Bruiser, yeah. Bruiser's bruiser. all you get. Uh, got, like uh, we got a big trope in there too. Oh, Scott. you did? Uh, did you? Hold on. Yeah, it's where's my shit? Here it is. Stick right it in here. me. Give me that trope. Give me that trope. <laughs> the, the the trope is called <laughs> left hanging. Yeah. Okay. And and so like um, it's basically when you get to the end of the movie and there's like like this little small detail that's overlooked. And it's huge. It turns out to be huge. And in this case, um, our main character is the same person now, only his brain has been radically affected. His, right. He still contains all that information. He still knows everything that he found out about mm-hmm. eight years in the future. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's yeah. Wild. yeah well, wild. Like when you right. start, when you start mm-hmm. to really unpack it, it's too much. This is you have put too much into the you know the end of this movie. I, I come up with a thousand questions that'll never be answered. I forgot that there was this time shift thing at all. Like, and I've seen the movie enough times, I shouldn't have forgotten the key point here, which was that very thing. But it caught me off guard. I was like, oh shit! Right. We went back in time. No, 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 wait. They went forward in time, and he just doesn't. Oh, okay. Oh, mm-hmm. and it started to dawn on me, and I remembered it. But it really wasn't until the brother, the little brother, shows up, but he's older and looking like you know is literally my age at the time. Yeah, he looks like Scott. Yeah. I kept thinking that looks like Scott. Yeah, it kind of did. Like I Scott didn't like. I would have worn that stupid ass shirt too. I totally would have worn. <laughs> it. Well, I know you would. I can uh, see it, Brad, dude. I would have been more Brad. I'd have had a. I had a. You're more, my little big brother. <laughs> What's up, scum bucket? I had like a. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a 12 inch mullet at that time. So he, I was a little bit up on him, but I, I had the glasses. Tell if he had like a mullet or rat tail. I, I wasn't sure if the shirt was making it rat tail occasionally or if it was a, a mullet or if it was ducktails. I couldn't quite. Well, what's quite great is of all the actors in this movie, uh, that dude has gone on to maybe have the biggest career. He's in right. tons of things. Matt Adler. Yeah. Like name, I think? lots yeah. of like things that are kind of a big deal. Like he yeah. was in, he's then that uh, TV series on uh, on Apple, The Morning Show. He's in that. Yeah, uh, he was. He in, was in uh, Teen wow. Wolf as Lewis. Really? Remember him as Lewis? Oh yeah, that was a long mm-hmm. time ago. That's true. He was in that Big O show. He was in uh, all sorts. Of, I mean, the guy's done all sorts of things, and I just thought, well, yeah. nicely done. We've he's seen him on. To, he's married to Laura San Giacomo. I don't know who that is. Who is that? Oh, Good. really? From Just Shoot Me? Yeah. Mm. And Sex Lies and Videotape and. Oh. Yep. That one. The main the main actress in Just Shoot Me. I don't remember her. Oh, look up, do a search for <laughs> Laura Sanji. Come, you like, oh yeah, her. Okay. Oh, that lady who well, does he, the things. He married nicely. I wouldn't too. say I wouldn't say his career has outperformed either Paul Rubens or. Sarah oh no 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 no, no no no. But I'm just no. mean of all the like no, the nobody faces and the kids even like it's yeah he's he probably did better. Well. <laughs> It's not true because Sarah Jessica Parker obviously had a way bigger career, but, but so you're probably right. Kid. He did all right, is my point. He did okay. Mm-hmm. 
made it through. Uh, we saw him in the day after tomorrow is where we saw him on yeah. Substack. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember as what. Uh, I, I, he, well, we wouldn't have known him because he, I think it was just his voice. Truck radio announcer. Yeah, I truck radio announcer. That's a hell of a role. Uh, you're lucky right. to get it. Good job. All right. Do you guys want to do clips or do you have anything else to say <laughs> about flying sex toy uh, navigator Joe? Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> Let me take a look at these notes here. Uh, oh, my God. I have so only, much stuff. The only other thing I wrote is uh, those little models that he had on his desk in, uh, in you know 1978. With the model box right behind him, you, you didn't paint them. Just like pulled them out of the box, stuck them yeah. together, yeah. like still yeah. stock sprue color, and uh, you can't do that. No, just, you can't do that. CD got me on that. Oh yeah. my! OCD. I don't even. I didn't even know that was a thing, and it bugged me to look at it. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Right. Dunaway, do you have anything else? Oh my god! I could have talked. I could talk about this movie forever. I don't want to because you guys will just. No, on. we won't. The, hey, the fireworks, look. the back, the the kid, the the whole between the Johnson, Billy Johnson's house and their house is like my backyard growing up. So, I mean, I totally could relate to this. We had like a big crevasse that I could have, I've fallen in many times, never knocked myself out, but I've jumped over a hundred times. It's all woody, foresty kind of stuff like that. We have a railroad track that I used to cross over all the time. I mean, hmm. it looked like my backyard growing up. So hmm. hit me that way. And, uh, you know, the, the fireworks was, I, I found to be like one of the most exciting little things. Cause like yeah, if you, if you gave me a box of old fireworks and put me on the roof, I would also screw up several yeah. times. Yeah. Were those, were those eight year old fireworks? Had they celebrated yeah. July 4th since then? I don't right. know. I was, like, I was trying to think if my child went missing on July 4th, would I ever shoot fireworks again? Probably not. No, Probably not. Dig those things out. No, uh, you would associate so, yeah, all those things, all that stuff would be associated with the loss of one of your kids or your or siblings yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, uh, Phoebe Cates and gremlins and mm-hmm. how she doesn't celebrate Christmas anymore. Cause her right. dad, right. Yeah. In the chimney. Yeah. And also stoke up the house. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's a reminder that <laughs> boy, we used to be different around fireworks. Like nowadays, yeah. Yeah. if you were trying yeah. to find a house in a city, and you said, hey, send up some fireworks. And it was anywhere near July 4th, like weeks mm-hmm. within July 4th. You'd never find right. that house. You'd find a hundred, hundreds of houses. Yeah. And I don't yeah. even know. I don't yeah. know if right in the middle of the city, right where they were, if they if that's even allowed. Like that seemed like a little dubious. Some, mm-hmm. some, Back in 1985. Oh, yeah. no. In 85. Yeah, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Call NASA? I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. Call the security forces at NASA. Have them come out there. <laughs> the, the NASA cops that they had in this Yeah, movie. the NASA cops. Uh, all right. Well, oh, let's we get- didn't talk about the music for just one second. Alan Silvestri using that uh, unique, whatever the crap sci-fi music instrument he was theremin? using was. Was it the theremin? It wasn't the. It wasn't the theremin. It was because I swear I thought it at first too, but it wasn't that. It was. It was another one. Oh, I thought it um, was. Okay, that's cool. No, I forget what it was called. But I thought the same thing too. I was like, oh, is it gonna be a theremin? It's like no. I like Silvestri a lot. Oh. I like his uh, orchestrated stuff more than his synthy things, but. I will right. say, I think this movie has some of the most iconic sounding 80s transition music of anything this, we've ever seen. Yeah. Right. The uh, Synclavier yeah, is what oh, okay. Synclavier. Yeah. Yeah. Synclavier. <laughs> well, speaking of which, let's start our clips with that. I have some 80s music bliss Whoops. for you all. Enjoy. Yeah. This is when the dogs are catching frisbees. Oh, yeah. The best 80s music. Ever listen to that, dude? I love that crap. That drums, yeah. man. I love freaking synth wave, synthy bullshit. Eighties. I think it's, it might have actually been a guy's voice, Brian. I think you might be on. It might be. Yeah. Could have been. He sampled it. 
It's the kid. He burped again. This time they sped it up. Yeah. <laughs> Speed up. Slow it down. Yeah, burp. Flip right. it up. Uh, let's see. Never learned to count. Oh, this little shit, shit kid. When the brother, brother was little, he was such a little shit with his big teeth and oh, his dumb yeah. glasses. Oh, giant yeah. glasses. Yeah. yeah. Here's what he said. Young Dunaway. Oh. Whoops. This dumb dog will never learn to catch a frisbee. This dumb dog will never learn to catch a frisbee. Then they were dropping. Show him to Billy's house. Go yeah. bucket. Dropping the uh, the R word like it's like it's candy. Oh, yes. They did yeah. drop the R word. Yeah. yeah. I didn't cap that one. But. Yeah. Uh, this part just sounded like Robin Banks later. Get back, Jack. I've got a gun. Uh-huh. Yeah, get back, yeah. Jack. Yeah, you know how many back, times I, I yelled something similar to that walking through the woods? You know, it's not like I would never say get back, Jack. I, I wasn't from the 70s like that. But still, I would say something, you know, like, I I know you're out there. Yeah. I know. I say something. I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. I've, I've been there. I did that yeah. in the boat this week. Just kidding. All right. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> what did this old guy say? Oh, this is for you guys to help Oh, me. I love these. Yeah. yeah, I do too. So this old guy, they see the ship for the first time. Hessman and all these other people are checking it out. And I think this is just like cop or whatever. But what does he say is the question. So here you go. Sure is a pretty piece of space lamp. Space what? Sure is a pretty piece of space lamp. Slab. Slab. <laughs> slab. <laughs> Let me try it again. Let's see if we can get it. Sure is a pretty piece of space lamp. I don't have any idea. <laughs> he trailed space off lab? in oblivion. Lamb? 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 Yeah, it's like an L. Here, let me play that. It does definitely sound like an L. Let me do it one more time. Sure is a pretty piece of space lamp. Lab? lab? Space lab? Space? But he's looking lab? at the ship. So you want con- me to do that yet? No. <laughs> no, we're good. We'll fix it in post. Yes. No, we won't. Just found it on Scriptorama. Sure what? is a pretty piece of space lab. Lab? Okay. Space lab. All right. It's yeah. like Skylab. Like, is he, you think he's talking about how, because we had Skylab and that eventually uh, came back down, crashed back down to Earth. You think that's like space ah, lab? Like okay. A, like, oh, this looks like a piece yeah. of that. That yeah, satellite yeah. that we had up that there. That makes sense. Space yeah. Lab was a reusable laboratory developed by the European Space Agency okay. and used in several flights flown by the space shuttle. Yeah. Oh, if it's reusable, okay. then it would definitely come back to Earth. Yeah, that's sense. true. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I would assume lab, so. I hope so. Space Lab, was, it just looks like a compartment that they put in the space shuttle. Yeah. Hmm. Space Lab. Look at that. Oh, but <laughs> oh, oh, we figured it out. Oh, all right, here's uh, the dog sounded wrong. I would like to play it now. This sounds like a guy faking a dog. All right, so enjoy. It's somebody going. Oh, dude! dude they no, I think that it out. sounds like I think it sounds like a dog bark that's been slightly slowed down. Yeah, sounds like a guy going. Hubber, hubber. They they maybe, definitely they definitely the, pulled that from the sound library over at Disney or something. I mean, it's, that's just maybe yeah. the dog's on drugs. Could be. He's definitely on drugs. NASA yeah. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> It makes your dog you have two different eyes? colored eyes. Yeah, you see his eyes. Yeah, yeah he's on drugs. <laughs> uh, tight acting. I wrote here, I which probably means it's terrible. So enjoy this bit of acting. All this time, I just went to get Jeff at the Johnsons a few hours ago. Uh, get Jeff; he'll tell you. It sounds like it sounds like Brady Bunch acting, right? Yeah. Doesn't it? Oh, it might I think well the be. acting in this movie was really good, but boy, that. That sure doesn't make it sound that, like that. But was was funny. That is actually discussed, and he hates that scene. Uh, mm-hmm. The actor hates that scene. It, they talk about this in the documentary. I'm going to talk about it one more time. Mm-hmm. He says that he had to go in and do the dub over, and he said he had to find some way to match up his voice with what was going on on screen. And so the stuttering part, he said, was the hardest part. And so I guess it's, uh, 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 that looks yeah. right. 
It's still the hardest Fred. part. Yeah, it's still the hardest part. They screwed up. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, uh, the the brother in the 80s that is me and Brian Ibbett. Uh, basically, here he is. This is that guy. This is totally rad. I mean, you're my big little brother. Oh, my gosh, dude. Go listen to Erasure. Get out of here, you weirdo. You're... My big little brother. Oh, my gosh. I just <laughs> so felt to- like high so- school, that kid. Me. So calling something totally rad, it wasn't like confined to California for you? No. Oh, we said it all the time out here. Everywhere. Yeah. We also said boner a lot. Don't be such a boner. Mm. You're such that, a boner. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. And I, then, I, or again, burn. Somebody would just Texas, say burn. Growing up in South Texas, I thought of all of this kind of thing as surfer dude slang that was only said in California. And like you were seriously a big poser if you were like, you know using it we may have, we may have been but it was permeated man we were at least my high school yeah. I we had all types yeah. where i live yeah well, i really grew up in a very uh, people think it's not going on they think of a bunch of white uh rednecks but i'm telling you we was real diverse we had people from california who who moved here from all over the country we had a real diverse group of people even in my small town i'm gonna, I'm gonna retire there that's where i'm gonna go retire yeah south carolina i don't know where but somewhere it's a good there. Place. It's I'll a good, serve. it's good warm. You know, I have to serve about being cold in your old bones. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of woods. Lots of woods. Yeah. For some reason, Scott, I've, as long as I've known you, I've always assumed that you and uh, your wife are going to end up in Louisiana. I just always. Have oh, really? Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> just, you're down there. I, I always figured yeah. I'd end up somewhere desert rat, like uh, St. Yeah. George or somewhere outside of, you know, somewhere, somewhere in a very warm, red, rocky climb type place just always appeals to me, but. I don't know. My experience in life is you always end up in places you didn't think you were going to be. So who knows? Thanks to thanks to climate change, Salt Lake City might turn into what you want. Well, the the talk here, climatologists believe that at the rate it's going, that Utah and the main the main valleys up here north are headed toward tropical conditions. Right on. Which is crazy sounding to start, me. But start start planting your birds of paradise and your <laughs> yeah. We're gonna find we're gonna finally get palm trees. I'm excited gonna be great <laughs> uh say this what says this old says this part old oh odd i meant odd i really i spelled i spelled old i meant odd anyway says right. this weird enjoy anybody could know that 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 everyone that. could know anybody that. anybody could know that that fuck it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. They had a lady talking to him that kept jumping in and out of this German voice. And it bugged the hell out of me because she was at one point, she'd ask a question. It would sound like me or you. And then the next time it would be, so you are telling us you are having this problem. Like she could not decide. Yeah. <laughs> and here was her part not deciding. What time did you enter the woods? The woods. The woods. The woods. The woods. She was all over the damn place. Yeah. She bugged the shit out of me. All right. Hessman and dad talking. I don't think you understand the importance of this situation. Well, I don't care if it's a matter of national security. If David says no, then that's it. But David would get treatment from the best specialists in the country. Oh, I'm Howard Hessman. So this is how remotes work. If you want to watch TV, this is a remote control wand. Good Lord. It's a remote control wand. (laughs) I guess the difference between 78 and 86 would have maybe been. Yeah. Again, very exciting to me. (laughs) Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Like, 
Nah, for, that's like, Johnny Fever. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying the entire concept was unbelievable. Like we had the Atari, right? We had the the joysticks that c- connected via a cable. Yeah, yeah. It's just taking the cable off. <laughs> it's so exciting. It at was that a time. big deal. Really I remember was. our first TV that had a remote. It took a while because my dad was so cheap, but he finally got us a TV with a with a remote. And um, son, trading in our vice grips yeah. for a remote control. That's right. Uh, for those wondering at home, keeping score, when he used to throw a blanket over the TV during a sex scene uh, or a towel or whatever he had handy, that was before we got the remote because with the remote, you just turn the effing thing off or change the channel or whatever. But yeah. was he, I could see him hovering over the power button. <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Save uh, that for later. Did we watch, you kids go to bed. Did we watch that? Christopher Walken uh, uh, thing, Natalie Wood died while making it movie. Uh, um, dream, uh, um, dream, dream hack or dreamscape? Dream, what was that? Brain, the dream, brain zone, brain, brain wave. No, dreamscape, brainstorm. Brain? Is that it? Brainstorm. Brain, brain, uh, yeah. brainstorm. No, brainstorm. Green, it is brainstorm. Nineteen eighty-three. Brain. <laughs> green needle. needle. Yeah, Green Needle. Uh, okay, that's the one. We did not watch it, and we, we should watch need it. to because that's the movie. Yeah. That he famously got a booby scene and threw the blanket on the TV and knocked the TV over. It was great. <laughs> some, that is some high-velocity blanket throwing. I know, yeah. I know. Weighted blanket? We you had it on, well, the TV was like on a stand. It was a piece of shit. Oh, it was okay. not big. It's maybe 12 inches. I don't know yeah. what it was then. But, uh, <laughs> maybe not in your area. The yeah, we let's put the, make sure that that's on the list. Yeah, let's get right. that on there. For real, though, I want to watch that movie. Um, all right. Kid, uh, this currently kid, not streaming. Oh, poo. Well, one day. But soon. Uh, the kid also says another thing weird, so enjoy this. I'm a national security secret. I feel like something about a secret. You know what? The way he says secret sounds like SNL lady who just left, who I love. Oh, uh, Kate, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Listen yeah. to this last secret. part one more time. I'm a national security secret. There's oh, yeah. That's there. totally yeah. Good job. That's what I was bugging. That's good. Well done. That's a good, yeah. Good poll. Uh, I wrote just no. To, yeah, we just found out this week that three three more people have yeah. left Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's I'm, a weird like, turnover season. And, yeah. and one of them, like, uh, what's the guy's name? Alex Moffat. Man, yeah. he's yeah, he's, he's almost he's like in almost every skit. Yeah, it seemed and it seemed like yeah. he was just about to peak. So that's that's a weird one. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you but, know what? Uh, they had such a bloated cast with all of the feature players. So it's kind of. It, but isn't ready- Laura Michaels just getting ready to uh, exit anyway? And once that happens, yeah. we always hear I that. Do you have though. any plans to leave the show? No, going anywhere. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to be in my I room. Mirror. I don't do a very good Laura <laughs> 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 Brian does a pretty good one. Um, all right. No, no, it's them, stupid movie, is what I wrote. So let's see what I meant. Who'd you see? Twisted Sister. Never heard of her. It's a him. Oh. Now later they clarified. We know it's a they. Yeah. yeah. But I was annoyed for about. Them. I was annoyed for about a minute and a half until they finally yeah. said it. It's like, yeah. come on, you guys. He's in the news lately. Um. Uh. uh, uh, uh what's his name? Uh, Twisted Sister. D. Snyder. D. Snyder. Yeah. Had something going. I don't remember what it was, but he was. Something, oh, really? Something prominent. He's a smart guy. I like him. Mm-hmm. He's cool. He used to come on Letterman and crack yeah. me the f up when he just he just come and sit. There was no music or anything. It would just be D. Snyder on the couch, and. That dude's freaking funny and like hyper intelligent. Always surprises me. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, he has been in the news because he's been like uh, weighing in on 
the political situation. Oh, yeah. is that the deal? Oh, yeah. That's how yeah. everyone gets noticed these days. You, you weigh in on the political yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get our political views from D. Snyder. Yeah, why not? Well, he he started he started a few weeks ago with this big open letter to Paul Stanley. And I'm like, oh, so, so you're <laughs> okay. saying we, we don't need to get our political views from Paul Stanley. <laughs> no, we don't need that either. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get their political views from D. Snyder. They're completely Gene. on the same list of who we don't need political opinion from. <laughs> Gene, let's put the makeup on one more time, Gene. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's some 80s music that I really liked in the middle. That. that is the robot romp uh, yeah, from the soundtrack. That's so uh, when uh, when he's in the when he's in K traveling through uh, the, the, yeah. the streets, the mean streets of NASA yeah. for what seems like hours because it's sunrise when he first gets <laughs> I, into that thing. I don't understand yeah. that. And it's lunchtime when he finally comes out. He looks out the window and he's like, oh, there's my destination across the way. I've got this. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess he, he guess he went through the whole, uh, by, whole way of, by way of Kissimmee, he makes it all the way to uh, the other end of NASA. Just, yeah. just listening to that scene, though, I, I'd really yeah. like you to play it again. Mm, it I is do that. Here. literally every movie made over a 14-year stretch. Oh, yeah. 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 This time, I mean, this and this... To me, this is just a great version of that. Like, I actually really, like, legit, non, yeah. non-kidding non like it. Um, yeah. No, I do too. It makes you want to seek it out and, like, find more today. Like some I just wish I could go back and say, hey, check out this music from Wally or insert any other name here. Yeah. And you would go, oh, yeah, that was from Wally. Yeah. Not Wally. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, top secret. Um, uh, top secret. Sure. Why not? Top short circuit. Short I was, circuit. I was like, Wally, me short circuit. Right. right. Yeah. Top yeah. secret right. was... Oh, I'm thinking of Pop Very Secret. Zucker Zucker Brothers yeah, with the Zucker Val Brothers. Kilmer. That's yeah. right. And he was in a cow. Yeah. Uh, there was a really dirty joke about a two-part cow or something, I remember. Anyway. <laughs> that was the movie poster, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the ship talking. I know a little German. He's right over there. Yeah, there oh. you go. See, that's good. Here's this the... music from High Fidelity. Uh, just any movie. Pick any movie. Right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> but not Wally. Not Wally. But not Wally. No, no, no. But not Wally. That's got yeah. good music, but it ain't this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's the ship talking for the first time. Iman way. Who who just booted up my Mac OS? No kidding. Here it comes. <laughs> Bonjour. Hola. Hola. Yeah. Uh, worst thing in the entire film? I'd say it's this. Why I wanted to kill I myself. I decided to do that. I don't know. I it's wanted, an eye. It's interesting. It's like a it's like a Pokemon character. It has to only say its name. I I I I I I I I am not a depressed person. I do not anytime see myself jumping off any high places or ending my life in any way. <laughs> but during that moment, there was just a, just a sliver of a, a time light, slight consideration where I went. Uh, you know, maybe. it's time yeah, to check I out. Could do that if I had to. It's yeah. Really bad. All right, they snuck in Pee Wee right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord uh, it's just in peewee to me it was too much you know it's like yeah again i was trying to i was trying to do context because we're between right. things peewee's not a super well-known thing yet like yeah i was trying to see it through the eyes of somebody in 1986 but it was it was hard uh here he is saying duh zero you mean never oh no i say duh i say duh kid because he says zero you mean never no yeah yeah that's what zero is 
He's talking to the computer in binary. Lame. Yeah, it is like it is like binary. <laughs> All right, uh, this the ship saying duh. Dude. There you go. That's the duh Oof. I meant to see. And then this scene, I think this was a little saucy even for the time. But you guys, you guys be the judge, okay? This is why Disney used Hollywood pictures or whoever else to do things, uh, or later on. So here you go. Do you have a back door? Mm-hmm. Yes, back there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just, I did think when she said that, I was like, oh, that's gonna be captured. <laughs> right. I just want, I want you guys to know. We have now completed a TV tropes page. Oh, no, oh, shut up. Nice. Really? Yeah. The, it's the TV trope. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> it's the TV trope called Sapient Ship. Hmm. On FilmSack, we have now watched every example of a sapient ship huh. from TV tropes. Wow. Those, exa- oh, those wow. examples are 2001, Alien, okay. Okay. Battle Beyond the Stars, yeah. Event Horizon, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Sunshine, and now Flight of the Navigator. Wow. And that's wow. the entire list. Wow. We should be proud. This is a big moment, you guys. <laughs> and, and you know, I, we get something for that, right? Yeah, Don't yeah. we? Do we I get a prize been, or something? Sure. I have been just racking my brain trying to think of another sapient ship movie. Mm, but sapient. I think we've I think we've cleared the board. Yep. We did it. We, well, Mac and me. Well, I don't know if that's a sapient ship movie, though. Is it? I don't know. I don't know what Mac and me is. I really don't either, yeah. People begging it's us to watch it. It's about a kid it. in a wheelchair. Oh, and an alien, and that's all I need to know. That's it. Okay, that's it. All right, sign me up for this wonderful sounding film. All right, here's your final clip. This is uh, Ibbett in high school. Um, speaking of all this '80s high school stuff, this is an actual clip. Uh, mom sent this to all me. Right. I don't know how she got this one, but you were in the back of the limo. It's prom night, and you asked the girl, "Hey, do you want to make out?" You said, mm-hmm. and here's what she said: "I don't know." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way to walk for a very simple I don't know I liked it alright uh, there you go there's that now this I present to you now the film sack check list which goes like this every round thing looks like a spaceship if you film it from the right angle check mm-hmm. never trust Johnny Fever to fix you fix you overnight check He'll nope. always ask you to stay longer. It's just how it is. Yeah. Just uh, a week. Yep. Finally, everybody just sleeps in their jeans and belt. <laughs> right? <laughs> I Check. did. Of course. <laughs> I didn't. What the frick is that about? So comfortable. Yeah. In the 80s? Oh, yeah, baby. You got your either tough that or the, Either that or the scratchy uh, cowboy uh, pajamas. No, thanks. Yeah, but jeans with a belt. Shirt and then uh, jeans with the belt on. That's It's bad. Don't do that. Yeah. I could sleep anywhere when I was 12. <laughs> you can sleep wherever you want. Sleep anywhere, anyway. I watched Doesn't a kid matter. in the airport yesterday sleeping, like, just middle of the floor, feet up on the wall, music yeah. in his ears. And I thought, man, I'd do that in a heartbeat if they'd let me. Yeah. 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 That sounds great. Nobody's going to stop you. No, they're going to look at me as it's the weirdest guy they've seen today. In that is, is being looked at really such a big penalty? <laughs> I guess not. I got a great video while I was... Oh, I haven't shared this anywhere. I'll have to send it to you guys after, but I got a video of a guy who I am sure missed his flight because they oh, kept no. calling this kid's name. Please come to the thing. You're going to miss your flight. Please do. And there's one kid out in the middle of this sea of seats, mouth open, head back, out like a light. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was visualizing. So Tristan had to fly back separately from us from uh, the Vegas trip. Yeah. And uh, he had to go to the airport solo. And he's notorious. I've posted photos of him like sitting next to me after BlizzCon completely zonked out like that. Yeah. I'm like... 
I that's what's going to happen. Missed. He's going to fall asleep. He's going to miss his flight. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm right. at the Luxor. What are you going to do? I, yeah. What are you going to do? I miss coma sleep, man. I miss the yeah. coma sleep. Uh, you're in a, you're in a, no, oh, coma sleep hasn't happened for so long. Oh, I know. You guys, yeah, was the best. can we get that back? How do we get some it coma sleep? Best. Last Wake night up. You're like, good. where am I? I did what sleep pretty happening? good last night. I will say this, but you know, princess cruise lines, you guys are awesome. Uh, but your beds kind of blow. All right. Just put it that way. I didn't sleep. I, the older I get, the more I only, goes our sponsorship. I I only <laughs> judge any experience on vacation by the quality of the beds. There is no other factor. The older I get, oh, the food's bad. Yeah, but I'm going to get a good night's sleep. Yeah, That's right. Fine. Or the food's great, but yeah, but I'm not going to sleep good. Like it goes both ways, right? The yeah. bed is titular. I agree. It's yeah. a pivot yeah. point for the entire experience. If you're not sleeping well, you're not having a good time. Well, I had a pretty good time, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to this uh, here uh, Star Trek connections. Got to be somebody here, Hessman oh, or someone. Actually, okay. So uh, we'll start with Raymond Forshian. Uh, that yes. uh, that's Raymond the Forshian. guy who played Detective Banks. He, uh, you know, he 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 uh, kind of interrogates our kid and takes him home, right? Yeah. Raymond Fortune is his name. He was in the Next Generation in the episode Skin of Evil, pretty notable uh, episode. Mm-hmm. where uh, he played the pilot who takes everybody down to the planet and uh, he ends up getting all busted up like a crash landing or something. But uh, he doesn't, he's not killed by the skin of evil. Not, not like Tasha Yar is killed by the skin mm-hmm. of evil. Uh, he, he does survive. Ben, his character's name is Ben Prieto. Oh, Ben Ooh. Prieto. So um, we have Phil uh, Jonow. So Phil Jonow is the writer credited with writing the screenplay for Flight oh. of the Navigator. And I'm going to tell you everything I know about this next bit. <laughs> I I cannot answer any questions. This is everything I know. This is the about data dump. Bill yeah. Jonow. Please hold your questions. You won't his get any first, His first film credit, <laughs> while he was still a high school student, was as special visual consultant on Star Trek the Motion Picture. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I that is everything. I have looked. There is no more information. Phil Jonow, the writer of Flight of the Navigator, while in high school, got a credit on Star Trek The Motion wow. Picture. Wow. Impressive. Isn't Jeez. that weird? Jeez. Yeah. That's pretty so cool. So what else? What, what other things? Oh, never mind. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> uh, final connection I, I really enjoyed was Cliff DeYoung. Uh, we're talking about the every dad uh, character mm-hmm. named Bill Freeman yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah. In Star Trek Deep Space Nine, he was in the episode Vortex as Croden. So, uh, Croden shows up on Deep Space Nine and tells Odo uh, that he can take him to a place where aliens like himself exist. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's that's Clifton Young. Nice, right there. nice, nice. I kind of remember that weirdly. Got a weird memory yeah. of him doing that. I don't know why. Just bare vaguely in the back of my head. So anyway. yes, this is a solid Star Trek connection movie. Yeah, not bad. Uh, soundtrack grade. I'm going to give an EAS for 80s as shit, and in a good way. I enjoyed that stuff quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, not all of it, but you know, I, whatever. Whenever they had montages, great, no problem. Mm-hmm. And did they it had make you want to do jazzercise. No, <laughs> I kind of did. I want to do my twenty-minute uh, aerobic workout. Yeah, they tried to suck me into buying a jazzercise plan on the ship. What? <laughs> really? Yeah, they were the gonna ship? they were gonna teach jazzercise, and I thought, where am I? What is what I'd, is I'd, this? 
I'd rather uh, <laughs> shove this crab, leb, crab leg into my eye. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would rather do that. Plus, I think they were saying it was like 180 bucks if you signed early or 200 if you didn't. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Don't threaten me. I'll <laughs> order when I get damn good and ready. Yeah, I'll do it when I'm ready. All right. Uh, well, that's all well and good, but we need to know what the Twitter post for this movie would be, and it's a tradition we have here on the show. We're going to start this week with Randy. Flight of the Navigator, beloved child's film about um, a kid, and he flew around, and then he came home, and then woke up, and it was all a dream? No! He's got a pocket alien, just like that kid you knew in sixth grade, that little punk. I hate that kid. Yeah. Can I touch your alien? (laughs) Ew. Um, I hated that alien. All right, moving on. Uh, Do you think they had a sequel plan? Do you think that they would have done anything? Oh, absolutely. They had a sequel plan. They was they were wanting more flights of the Navigator. They tried to. They tried to. Uh, it's called Flight of the Intruder. Mm, right. Flight of the Concords. Of the Concords. Friend named Max and me. Nope. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got the Brian Dunaway. Oh, fly the navigator. Hey, Blimpo, too many Twinkies. Oh, you wish to depart this hostile alien environment? Compliance. Yeah. Compliance. Compliance is right. Oh, he did say compliance a lot. I love compliance. I thought you would capture that, surely. Compliance. Hashtag compliance. Hey, Randy. Or no, hey, Brian Ibbett, it's your turn. Read him again. Flight of the Navigator. If I didn't have to watch this for film sack, I would have used my remote control wand to change the channel and watch that twisted sister lady. I like her. (laughs) We're not going to take it. Oh, you know what? I I noticed uh, something about uh, that, which is a whole offshoot thing, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. In the video for We're Not Going to Take It, Mm -hmm. the dad, who's being a total dick and telling his son what to do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. um, Touch pin guy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he is the same actor who plays uh, the maestro on Seinfeld, who takes his pants off before he sits oh, down. Right? Yeah, really. So just fun. Yeah, fact, he's fun for me. Fact. He's the guy from Animal House who bitches about pledge pin. Oh yeah, is that your pledge pin? Oh, I forgot about that. He'd have been like twenty then or something. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Fun side note. Let's move on totally. to the uh, alternate titles, which have a theme, which I can't reach. Okay, there it is. Just handed to me on this card, uh, this paper card, this piece of paper, we'll say. Uh, the alternate titles. This, this was almost called Plight of the Masturbator. Hmm, weird. Oh, whoa. Uh, well, you know, we're coming of age and things happen. Sure. Your body's changing. Coming of age. Uh, or... <laughs> Uh, E.T. Phone Pee Wee. All right, moving on. Uh, oh. Let's do this email here. We got an email. Oh, yeah. Come to filmsack at gmail.com. This comes from Matt in Salt Lake City uh, here at home where I live. He says, uh, Dear Sirs, all the way back oh. in episode 493, you read my email on the show, and it made me very happy. In oh. that email, I begged you not to watch King Solomon's Minds. <laughs> then oh. you would remember. Yeah, you may remember. He says, then in episode 554, you read another email of mine, which was also great. And in that email, I thanked you for still not watching King Solomon's Mind. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, I think uh, I see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Says, which brings me to the current day. After listening to the end of the episode 566, I had uh, had to stop and ask myself if I heard that right. <laughs> and he rewound it. Uh, what are they sacking? That can't be right. So I tapped the little 15 seconds back icon. And I listened again. No, that cannot be right. I hit the 15 seconds back icon again. And again. And again. <laughs> I hit it so many times that it went all the way back. 
to time <laughs> sorry to time in time to episode 493 <laughs> and, and now i have left your timeline and traveled to another universe while i still have my favorite film sacking podcast Aww. good day sirs Aww. good day matt and Sully. hilarious p.s i've never seen the movie is it good he says oh my god well as of last week oh, he knows hilarious. he knows of, as of last week it. if we like yeah. it or not um I, uh, that's great i honestly like i i often feel like on every episode of film sack we should like take 10 seconds to just reflect on the previous episode of film sack because it sticks with you you know it sticks with you yeah like i'm i i kind of i don't know i might have uh, ragged on that movie too much king solomon's minds has grown a little tiny bit in my estimation mm. over the last thing okay. is it just okay. because of flight of the navigator <laughs> yeah right maybe the That's curve possible. the curve keeps changing yeah oh you you appreciate your first wife when your second sucks you know it's a You're right. like it. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i don't think i like it any more than i did but i do find myself glad i saw it like oh yeah like if a lot of film sack movies i come away going well i would have never seen that in any other way Sure. And I got to laugh about a thing for like an hour and a half. So, yeah. you know, never regrets on this on this show, except never. for maybe retrograde. We still have feelings about that all these years later. <laughs> wow, that is. I think that one that deep. one has just grown in our disdain. I think that uh, yep. you know, I don't know if we were to watch it today, would we have I different gotta, feelings about yeah, it? Yeah, I, I gotta go back and watch it. It's been a long time. I don't even know you yeah. can find that anywhere. It's so like. Let's see, retrograde. Still retro. Just watch. There's a new game. There's a new movie coming out called Retrograde, which is a whole different thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, 2020. Oh, it's a TV show called Retrograde, which kind of threw me off. But the movie is not streaming anywhere, so oh, don't get excited, anyone. 2004 is Retrograde. Oh, I sorry, they have it on the ad services. So Roku, Tubo, Tubo, yes. TV, Pluto, Tubi, Freebie, not Tubo, not Tubo. Sorry. <laughs> It's a real piece of shit. We agree on that, right? We all. Yeah, I mean, it was at the time, and I can't imagine it's gotten better over time. I can't say, but but I'm curious. In eight years, I'm curious to see what you know how I'd feel about it. We probably need to have some sort of like vote or something, either from us or listeners or both, where we say, "Hey, if we're gonna go and do a classic film sack rewatch, what would it be? Would would it be episode one, and we'd go with Crawl? Would it be?" I don't know the year we make contact or whatever some other mm-hmm. old ass thing. I could crawl. I could crawl again. Yeah, I could, could crawl, crawl again. again. I've crawled I once. Crawl I can crawl again. Crawler. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Crawligan, man. Mr. Crawligan, see how we see how we see the material take, some twelve years on. I could take a Crawligan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to. Uh, I want to donut. remind you that Flight of the Navigator was chosen by patrons. Uh, oh, like patrons. Like we uh, we taste. started asking the question. Hey, what what would you? shoehorn into our list and Mm -hmm. uh this came up a a few times like i like i said the first couple of patrons that suggested it were banana zit and and craig t yeah and uh all right all right i I think that's i think it was i think it was a good experiment i feel like we got a good result out of this i agree um i feel like i was just talking about this movie with my friend riley who listens to the show riley if you're listening and i'm wrong about which movie we talked about let me know but there was something if it wasn't today's there was something he wanted us to do. Uh, the point is, we're not always just like the final deciders here. We like to let you guys have right. a say. So that's a great way to do it. If you haven't joined the Patreon, you can go do that now by going to patreon.com slash filmsack. Be like the following people. Man, this is so big, I'm going to give us some music. All right, look Ooh. at this list. Since we last spoke, which is nuts since we're all timed out weird, it still happened. Jacob yeah. Wynn. That's a win for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Caroline... Tegirjo, I think is how you say it. 
Uh, Alpha Alpha 15E uh, joined us also. Torsten Hanston. Hanson, rather. Oh. There's no T in the Hanson part. Hanson. Torsten Hanston. Torsten Hanston. Uh, Jeremy Fortune. Oh, that guy's going to make bank. Uh, <laughs> someone named Matt, Karen Troop, Panda Peepers, and Wayne Dixon. Ooh. Yeah. Wayne Dixon also. All these Panda fine Peepers. Panda, Panda Peepers. Panda Peepers was what, what caught my uh, ear. Yeah, they were collectibles in the 80s. People were raving about them. <laughs> okay, all right. Kill each other in a, a store trying to get your own Panda sure. Peeper. You weren't sure which one you get until you opened it. Anyway, uh, there's that. And a uh, big thanks to all of you for being patrons. we got some really cool stuff coming your way, including a bonus episode this very brand new month from Brian Dunaway. Yeah. Uh, which it's a coming. Pop soon, yeah. And uh, some more uh, stuff, including pre-show content every week, no commercials ever, and... Um, I don't know. Great way to support your long-running favorite film podcast. So go give it a shot over at patreon.com slash filmsack. Our next movie will be Assassins. Ooh. What year is that one? 95, 1995. Which is the same year as a recent... Oh, Quick and the Dead was also 95. So we're, we're stepping back into my... I think my favorite of the 90 years. I like 95 a lot. Of the years of, that I remember, I remember liking 95. Of the years deal. I remember. <laughs> of the years I remember. Yeah. I have, I have fond feelings for 93, 95, and 99. Those are my big 90 years. And how do you feel, how do you feel about Richard Donner? Uh, I like Ooh, Richard Donner. Superman. Yeah. Donner. Yeah. Did the Superman. I'm a Donner fan. Uh, what else? He did, did Superman. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Maverick. We've seen Maverick. Ah, Maverick. Yeah. Did we see uh-huh. Maverick? Yes. We sacked Maverick. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh my a gosh. long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah, we did. All right. Uh, so I that's still next feel week. like one of our most important early episodes was Lady Hawk, and that's a Richard Donner. Oh, that's good too. Oh, right. I was just thinking about that because Dabney Coleman was in an episode of The Love Boat twice. It was two different characters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I seriously, I haven't told anyone this yet, and I'll talk about it on TMS tomorrow. But I've got a, I need to flush my system of some Love Boat shit. Yeah, because yeah. I watched <laughs> every episode of Love Boat I could while I was on this trip. You need, you need some fancy yeah. island to uh, tip that. Over, I right? really do. But yeah. the song yeah. is in my my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure Love. out why Pat Morita played Exciting like six different people. Just tell new. me. Just tell me. Just tell me now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm save it for tomorrow. But like, just to answer this one quick little question. Yeah, who is the guest star in an episode? that stuck with you the most, the most like, wow, that guest star. Um, actually funny enough, Dabney Coleman, because he was in an episode where him and, uh, one of the golden girls, I forget her name, Blanche, um, Rue McClanahan. Uh, sure. Uh, Rue McClanahan and him were in it. They were the main two. And the rest of the ensemble were other actors and things. I think that may have had Robert Urick in it again. He was in this thing. He's in like six episodes as different people. And eventually in the next wave, he's the damn captain. I don't know what's going on with that guy. But anyway, well, he's dead now. But the point that. is, um, <laughs> right. Dabney Coleman's in this in this episode with Rue, Rue McClanahan. And it was wild because every other, you know, there's always like three stories. Or so, yeah, three right. or four stories. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. The other two, complete garbage, utter trash, bad acting, terrible pieces of shit. Their scenes and their story, separate story, proper acting, really well done, like bought into the characters. It was like 50 cuts above everything else to do with the show. And that really stuck with me because I just thought, wow, you just need like 
Dabney Coleman did a lot of comedic stuff, but he was also a really good serious actor when he needed to be. Mm-hmm. And oh, he yeah. was blowing my mind. Her and him killed it, and it made everyone else look like utter garbage in that show. <laughs> I have so many things to say about it. Anyway, that is so, it's so funny. It's so it became kind of part of my brain for this trip. All right, Dabney you may Coleman, say to yourself, Scott, why are you on a big cruise and why'd you watch me on that? Just at night, like late, you can't sleep. Yeah. it's choppy. Yeah. We're watching the thing. Kim's Kim's a little seasick. So I'm up watching Isaac. <laughs> By the way, Isaac never did the double thumb point. He did the no, single he just thumb does point. The single one during the opening credits because yeah. he never even did it during the show, did he? Like, no, interesting. It was only in the credits. We all have these yeah. these things. Wow. But let me tell you another yeah. sneaky thing that I'm going to talk about more tomorrow on TMS, which for a lot of you will have already happened when you hear this. But <laughs> uh, the the doctor, Doctor Becker, Beckett, Becker, Be- Beckett, whatever his name uh, is. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Bucket. Dr. Bacon? <laughs> Bacon, Dr. Bacon. Whatever it is. Bernie Capel. Uh, Bernie Capel's the actor, right? I Dr. Can't think Bricker. 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 Dr. Bricker. Bricker. Now, Bricker. When, you're, when we were kids and we were watching The Love Boat, my memory was that Dr. Bricker was the most sure-footed, down-to-earth, serious guy on the ship. All mm-hmm. Everybody else was comedic value. Everybody else did their thing, but Go he was like, no, Julie. no, I'm the doctor. Nope. I'm the doctor. Blah, blah. He, is the, he is pervert McGee. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, God. Every wow. episode, it's him seeing some hot lady come on the boat and going, all right, well, you'll know where I'll be. And he'll go after these chicks. <laughs> he is such a, he, and he was breaking his Hippocratic oath constantly. He it is was a, a hypocrite. huge piece of shit on the love boat. And I don't remember that at all. And I don't yeah. remember Captain Steubing being one note. All he ever did was say, mm-hmm. well, everything's looking great on the ship today. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, he had to maintain this proper decorum, and even when his uh, uh, dumb daughter came on the show, it's like... Uh, he was really weird. So yeah. weird. Anyway, I have so much to say, but I'll save it. All right, let's move on to the end of the show here, where uh, next week, 95... Uh, oh, we should tell you, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas uh, headline the film Ooh. Assassins. Yeah, ah, Nice. The Richard Donner film, which I've not seen. So. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We're going to watch it on HBO Max. Si caliente. That might be a preview of my uh, my opening. Intro? I don't know. Yeah. I've already written it. It's already oh, done. Oh, already I've done. seen you. I've seen your opening. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Filmsack.com is our website. Please go there on the frequent. All the links are there to everything you'll need, including patreon.com slash filmsack, our email address, filmsack at gmail.com, and our Twitter account over at filmsack. Leave us reviews wherever you get them or send them, or post them. That'll do it for us. (laughs) For me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Compliance. We'll see you next time. (laughs) This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Do you have a back door? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.